John. John, did you hear the news? No. There's news? What? Yeah, dude, we hired a new position at Mob Rules. Oh, we did? Man, Patreon is loving us right now, mm-hmm. mostly. Cool. It's the uh, executive vice president of uh, creative decision making. <gasps> Whoa! Dude, that is a fancy-ass job title. I know. I know if I was responsible for making up my own job title, I would choose that. Yeah, guess what, John? What? You're hired. Oh, fuck. Jokes on you, Danny. You're, you're an assistant to the whatever the hell it was you just said. Um, Executive vice president of creative decisions. Yeah. Okay. Is that so what I said. Yeah, I think I think so. <laughs> if you could invent your own job title, what would it be? Oh, um, I, John, that's really hard. I didn't really put. I put literally zero thought into this. So your um, job title would be John. That's really hard. I put literally zero thought into this. Just John sounds I'm like re- something no, my no. wife would say. It's John. I'm really hard. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> All right, Paul, calm the fuck down. <laughs> that is great, though. Um, and then big congratulations to Val Havelfinger on his. Oh yeah. Uh, hiring as lead creative liaison. Uh, in Warhammer 40,000 related material to the Frontline Gaming Network, mm-hmm. reporting directly to whatever the hell his real name is. Hopefully the check goes to his real name and not his internet. <laughs> not his fake internet name. <laughs> his fake internet name. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. There's so much store credit for a Val Heffelfinger. <laughs> <laughs> that he can never spend. <laughs> that he can never spend. Because he can't prove he's him. No, he doesn't even have a state-issued ID. Yeah. Well, he doesn't even have a passport. (laughs) Maybe he does. It's Canada. They have, like, different rules over there. It's true. Um, Welcome to our So we're a little bit different today um, with real life getting in the way. Um, uh, Myself and Seth the Mad Doc of Seth the Mad Doc uh, YouTube um, and Dangly Boys sit and talk to Kicker, uh, Frontline Gaming's event coordinator. I'm bummed I missed it, man, to be honest. Yeah, dude, I was like, you had to have a media training session meeting with the Bar Association, which seems like a bullshit excuse. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're, we're going to round out the episode with that. Uh, we're talking a little bit about what we did, because that's always boring and fun to talk about. Uh, and then Danny and I, we actually have an event coming up in a couple weeks Hell here. Hell yeah. So we're going to just big dick the whole thing. Lay out our lists. Uh-huh. Tell people our game plans. Yep. Danny, you will rise above that and still win. And <laughs> I will go, oh, and three is people like, yeah, you said you would Dude, do that. Dude, why would you do that? Why would you do that? That's what I you th- said you were going to do. I think people just won't expect it, John. They'll be no. like, oh, this is just John Quinnell. I can easily win this. Hell yeah. Well, I was going to take a meme list. And then I was like looking at how many events are scheduled in my area for the next 12 months. And I'm like, yeah. I should not take a meme list. I should take a regular I army. I should take a regular army. <laughs> because back in the day when we had like... 24 rtts a year yeah i can take a meme list to an event for a little bit of a giggle oh yeah why not but when we have one yeah one in the upcoming calendar for uh now our 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 local uh uh city 
has lifted restrictions on uh, on stores. Yeah. So I think that they might be able to start running events at the local hobby shop. Which I'm excited about. I will prepay for a year's worth uh, <laughs> to, to just I will go. pay literally any amount of money to play. Literally. Because, well, if you look at it, like the, the tournament that Danny and I are going to is a six and a half hour drive away. Yeah. So we're talking about 200 bucks in gas. Maybe for you. <laughs> I drive a large truck. It's about 200 gas. My Subaru Forester will comfortably make that in a lot less. <laughs> but it'll also fit all of your knitting and cross-stitch stuff you have in the back. Um, <laughs> then accommodation, yep. um, plus all the other stuff. is just, and I'm like, okay, at this point, you could charge me $85 for a, a local Anchorage tournament, and I would still be spending less money <laughs> to go there. So, Gene, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, God, no. Thankfully, she doesn't listen. Uh, we found that out after, yeah, we stopped running her ad. Um, but <laughs> we're very excited about it. And in that case, uh, Danny, it's been two weeks. Actually, it has been two weeks. It's been like forever since I've actually seen you. I know. Um, what have you been up to? Oh, um, God, actually a lot. Um, so I have been uh, working on my Dark Angels army. Uh, I'll go over the contents of that a little bit later. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers, yeah. Um, oh, I've been reading. Oh. Uh, I'm almost done with Gate of Bones. Oh, so you're probably going to want to talk about Gate of Bones next time. I mean, I think that wouldn't that wouldn't be a bad episode. You're like, that wouldn't be the worst thing. Let's get Taylor back before he becomes too famous for us. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we need to really lock that shit down. Like, oh, to your, like through your contract. Yeah, Taylor, if you're listening, uh, before you can come on Mob Rolls again, we're going to need some some contracts. <laughs> uh, he can only leave the contract if he, he like, if anything he leaves for, like, if he leaves for a new show, it must be named Fuck You Val. <laughs> and... Uh, we've trademarked Taylor, so <laughs> yeah. I hope that you're ready for that. <laughs> Dude, Danny is almost a lawyer. We will come down on you so hard. Like, at least 50% as hard as a regular lawyer would have been. Oh, able yeah. To. <laughs> um, you thought yeah, Joe just... Pesci was good? Danny is better. <laughs> and I'm not your cousin. So, um, so I've been reading that. That book is fantastic, by the it's way. It's great. Have you, did you finish? Have you finished? So it? I'm about halfway through right now, but okay. like super enjoying it, and just kind of like the perspective it's giving, and like this one is much more like of a grounded one where the first one is like giant space marines in the sky, kind of doing space marine things, whereas this one is kind of goes more into the the thing. So there's like imperial guardsmen, sisters of battle, mm-hmm. um, and kind of more like discussion on that level too. I really liked the custodes in this book. Yeah, um, they're pretty cool and they're pretty nuanced. Like you can definitely tell there's some division between some of the different custodians in the book, which is, which is cool. Um, anyway, we can talk about that next, the, yeah. maybe, maybe during the next time, no promises. Yeah. But, uh, so I've been doing that. Um, I have almost the entirety of the dark angels army built that I was mentioning before. So love it. I saw you working on some lightning claw storm shield terminators that maybe oh, yeah. a little sad. Well, that's my command squad. It's only three guys. Oh, thank God. Yeah, the ten man squad is already built. But if I have to fuck. waste a cast on those guys to ignore AP two, then that's only three guys I'm ignoring. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Makes me sad. Yeah, they don't care about that anyway. Because no. I'll just put them in assault doctrine so they're all AP three. So get fucked. <laughs> um, <laughs> awesome. Great. Um, anyway, please just so- fucking submarine you the whole time. <laughs> 
Um, what else? Oh, I've been playing in that TTS event, which finished oh, up. Oh, yeah. You finished up a TTS major. I did, um, which I won, uh, which was pretty cool. I was pretty happy about that. Yeah. Um, Getting some stiff competition. Oh, my God, dude. There was The players there were very good. Um, Who were you most excited to avoid? So there was a a lady who was playing this Admech and Knights list that I'm really glad I didn't have to play against, which was, uh, um, it was, uh, two Megaras and I think one or two and some more glaives. And then it was an Admech like patrol with two flyers and a bunch of, sol- a bunch of the dogs. Like you. Yeah. It, it did not look fun to play. <laughs> like it's the kind of army, you know, you can eke a win out against, but they're going to make you fucking work to get it. Well, yeah. And it has a lot of good tools against my army. There's a lot of mortal wounds in that army actually, which True. was uh, pretty rough. Um, yeah. God, those, uh, the planes can fly over the terminators and drop a bunch of bombs and they probably kill one each or something like that. Um, which is pretty rough. Uh, and then, um, like even when you kill the planes, they can auto explode six inches for D three mortal wounds on everything too. So that also sucks. Um, <laughs> and then you also have to fight two Megaras. So no big deal. You're fine. Right. Everything is fine. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? Um, yeah. So that list I was pretty, pretty terrified to fight against. Uh, I played against pure guard in the finals, uh, which was really a really good game. It's um, really nice to see guard in the finals. Yeah, God, that list was good, too. I, I just don't think it was good against me. Right. Like, it was uh, three Lehmanos tank tank commander, demol- or three Demolisher tank commanders, uh, five Torox with Gatling cannons, so he had 100. Oof. And then two full payload Manticores, and, like, uh, like three or four Scion squads, and three squads of 10 infantry guys, and then a smattering of different characters, along with uh, Kotiaz. How am I supposed to screen if you just shoot all my shit off the table? I mean, dude, and like all of those shots are AP one. Yeah, like they're really it's, it's nasty. It's Oof. so many shots. Um, yeah. So there was that. Uh, what else? Did, uh, that was that was a really tough list. The Eldar list that I played against was interesting and weird. Oh, was um, that the one Taylor was very confused about last episode? Yeah, but it worked pretty well actually. Uh, I just think he kind of misplayed a couple of things uh like and he, if he would have done a couple of things differently i think he would have I, I think there was a good chance he would win that game um so yeah uh tough list all around great opponent everybody i played was awesome so that was really nice like no no jerks um i signed up for another tts event oh another major no it's it's a uh, 24 to 32 people but it's like internet personalities the one that I invited you to as well. Oh, yeah. Well, you're going to have to show me how to play TTS. Yeah, if you want I'm, to. I'm going to have to figure out a list that isn't 100 fucking models. Um, <laughs> let's let's step one right there. <laughs> I got a message from John Kilcullen right before this. Uh, yeah. The space, space Wolves guy from Goonhammer. Yeah. And he's and I played him like round two of this uh, this last major tournament. And, uh, and he's the guy who ran the whole event, which was awesome. Um, so thanks, John, for running such an awesome event. You're, you're a really stand-up guy. Um, but he messaged me. He's like, "I'm gonna have my fucking revenge on you, bitch. <laughs> We're getting. I'm getting you round one. You're going down. <laughs> Yo, that's not very cool, gooning of him. <laughs> this is not best not very, representing the goon brand. It's it's not very goony of you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's it. I feel like that's. I don't know. I don't think anything else has been really going on. John, what have you been up to? 
Um, I've been prepping like a, a whole lot because like I just like doomsday prepping meal. Doomsday, prepping. Yep, yep. So yeah, I have a fallout shelter in back now. Hell yeah. Um, dude, I have actually looked at how much it would cost to get a small cabin slash container in my backyard to move all my shit into. Um, okay. The answer is too much. Um, could you bury a whole shipping container in your backyard? Uh, nope. Because the gas lines for the neighborhood oh. run through my backyard. Um, well, that's disappointing. It is disappointing. Uh, speaking about more things that are disappointing, my death shroud finally came in. Uh, so nice. I assembled all those. So how many death shroud do you have now? So I have the maximum amount of death shroud. I own 18. Wow. Um, so coming in the future for some practice games, there's going to be a meme list with 18 death shroud. Mm. Um, mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I mean, there's there's probably something to it, but like it suffers from like my usual thing of like too much of a good thing. That's 900 points of your army, right? That is, ni- no, yeah, it's 900 points of that. In fact, no, if I'm smart about it, 915 because I do two flamers oh, on the yeah. side. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so I got those. So 900 points. Then. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. Yeah, so 900 points. Uh, so I got those guys uh, spray gold. Uh, that first layer of wash on them. Nice. Um, I bought 10 more pox walkers uh, because all of my, like I'm on a terminus ass kick right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I only have 60, which is not enough for a terminus ass list. Yeah. Um, so I bought uh, a new box of 10. I'm very excited for the half of a plague marine I got with that. Um, oh, that's weird. Yeah, so like the sprue, like in the new oh, Poxwalker, just from the one from Dark Imperium, right? The the sprue in the Poxwalker box is just the one from Dark Imperium, so it comes with like a third or two thirds of a Plague Marine. Um, okay, cool. So I'm like, okay, cool. And then I bought ten more Poxwalkers off of eBay for like fifteen bucks. Oh, that's a good deal. Uh, which I was like, it's a good deal. It gets me up to eighty, which I think is like the the perfect number for that. I'm also like still waiting on getting my contemptors in, so I can make some Volkite contemptors for nice. when I want to not do terminus ast. Um, <laughs> when I want to win. <laughs> well, I still think I'll do okay. Yeah, I'm like they're, they're I'm like you, you know me. No, I think terminus ast is actually way undervalued. I think it's very good. Um, and like there's so like it's only un- like undervalued if you don't like look at the psychic tree. Um, the warlord trait typhus can take from it. Um. Mm-hmm. And like sort of the the psychic powers, and what makes it sleep a little bit is the psychic powers are just really unreliable. Um, yeah. That seven cast is not fantastic, but like if I have Typhus who throws out a power where he ignores AP one and two, that's pretty nice. It is. Um, then if you're within contagion range, because I've done gift of plagues off another guy, and like if I beat your toughness on the dice roll, then you just take mortals. And like really, what I'm trying to set up is, is mortal wounds. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of Terminators because if you kill them, great. I get to throw mortal wounds at you. Um, the psychic powers I'm taking from the uh, Terminus S list or like pick a unit within 12 or within this case 18 because as we're going to talk about later, I'm going to take a relic. You take a mortal wound. Because you got dirty balls, right? Yeah. yeah. Everyone within a, three inches of you takes a mortal wound. So really trying That's to cool. aim for those because 40K is turning into this edition of Aura Bombs. So it's not necessarily like the Hero Hammer of 6 edition where you have like, you know, Bark Star with everything all together. Right. But it's real similar because everything is still grouped together to, to like get the buffs and get everything else going there. So trying to kind of get it's a death st- ball. Yeah, it's a death ball. Um, most good armies are a death ball right now. Unless you're Dark Eldar. In which case, it's just everything is good. <laughs> and we should just complain incessantly about how good it is <laughs> rather than figure out some options on how to counter it. Um, oh, yeah. I know that's what I would do. God, I would hate to be productive with it. 
So yeah, I got those guys ready. Uh, I got those based. It's been like a long ass time since I painted a poxwalker because I batch painted like 60. So I had to remember my recipe. Mm-hmm. Do you ever have that issue when you go to paint a unit you haven't painted in forever? And you're like, fuck, how did I paint you? Uh, y- Yes, but usually not for long. No, yeah, it was like 10 minutes, but I'm like, okay. Well, yeah, but it's still like scary. You're like, oh shit, am I doing shit, this right? Because I don't want to repaint 60 guys, but I don't want to have a unit looking different. Um, so yeah, I get those guys together. Well, what else did I do? I, I think that's really uh, about it. Just planned out some of the conversions I'm going to be doing for the Contemptor. Mm. Um, I listened to some more of Gate of Bones, which is just like a great, great book. Um, and I'm desperately waiting for Mortis to come on Audible. Um, oh, yeah. Because, Mortis, you are not on Audible yet, and you need to be so I can listen to you, and I can devour more Siege of Terror content. I thought you were talking to me at first, and I'm like, well, I don't really want to be on Audible. <laughs> Um, oh, my uh, Siege of Terra map came in. I ordered the the map of the Imperial Palace from Siege of Terra. Does it look so, cool? Oh, God, it looks so cool. I'll show you in a minute here. And then also um, Plague Purge. Uh, the, Hell yeah, the mission pack? The, the mission pack I for got those Crusade. Um, dude, we got to play some of those. Those dude, look really those, fun. Like, okay, those mission packs, sure. Like the, We play a lot of competitive games. There are so many missions in that book. Dude, I want to play some, like legit, I want to play some Crusade games. I'm yeah. very stoked about that. We need to. And like... There's some great things in there, but there are so many different missions in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like someone who in the past has run a lot of kind of casualty uh, uh, tournaments for, for people to come and kind of just relax at. Mm-hmm. The idea that all of these crusade books come with like 20 to 30 missions. Dude. is just balls amazing. How cool would it be if we rented out the shop? Sure. And for a did, crusade day. Did a crusade day. That would be super fun. Do like a half hour between rounds to... Do your in-between round stuff. Yeah. That does sound super fun. That sounds really cool. Yeah. All right. We may have oh. to. We may anyway, have to yeah, we that. have to experience out there. But that's literally all I've been up to. Um, I'm just painting towards being fully painted um, because I don't like playing playing non-fully painted anymore. Yeah. Uh, and not just for the 10 free points, but just because it's a satisfying feeling to lay everything out. And I'm going to try and get 10 free points at Tim's of <laughs> this, like in two weeks. So Dude, we'll see if I can get three colors. D- on everything. Don't, don't worry about it. Uh, you're going to get 90, for, or 90 free points when you play me. It's, it's real good. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and then when we come back, we're going to go over uh, the the Invitational, our lists, all that other kind of fun stuff there. Uh, we will be right back. Dude, I'm the best. I took first place at another tournament. First off, stop with the thunder and lightning. You don't impress me. And second, let me check out the BCP rankings. And I don't see you on there. What? Your TO needs to download the Best Coast Pairings app and run events on it. After the event, the results are uploaded into BCP rankings. And the best part, it's easy and free. But I play multiple game systems. No big deal. The BCP app can be used for any game. A ton of events every weekend are using it, from major international tournaments to local stores. And now that it's available on Android devices, you're going to have some serious competition. There can be only one. BCP Rankings is a fun and exciting way to measure how you or your team stack up. No matter what you play, your score goes to an overall ranking. Or compete to be the best in a game, a circuit, a region, or the world. Download the app or visit www.bestcoastpairings.com for more info. Best Coast Pairings. Are you the best? (sighs) 
we're back like immediately right away so back um so yeah there's a tournament going on uh danny and i so desperate for a competitive 40k right now uh we are doing or planning on doing a 15 hour round trip driving into the wilds of alaska uh out of cell phone reception range for the majority of it for a rtt (laughs) just (laughs) And maybe like two nights hotel stay, I think. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I would. Are you going to drive up on, on Friday? So I'm driving up on Friday. Okay. Um, I rented a cabin for me and my wife uh, because it is also Mother's Day weekend. Yeah. And I've tried to persuade her that the Sunday part of the trip is for her. Um, mm-hmm. Which is good. good yeah. Good call. So yeah, uh, we're seeing Friday, Saturday. Nice. Um, I think that's my plan too. I just don't want to have to try and drive back at the end of the day, plane it. No, that sounds awful. And I don't want to try and drive six hours before I have to play an RTT. I think I'm just getting mad. Yeah. So. And see, like, Danny's like, oh, what are you doing? Like, at the table, <laughs> like, I've seen you mad at tables. It's hilarious. Uh, anyway. So, yeah. So we're we're taking uh, to this. We're both focusing on getting as much practice as possible with our chosen faction to be mm-hmm. as good as possible with it for the rest of the year. So instead of Danny throwing out meme orc lists. Um, or me trying to put skull altars and things and just like 200 models that I'm going to be miserable pushing around round three. You almost did that this time. So I was, yeah, until I looked at my possible events for the rest of the year. And there's a couple other players being like, yeah, I'm top death guard. I'm best. I'm top five death guard. I'm so good. And I'm like, man, I can't really enter this conversation unless I actually play. Well, okay. I mean, you can. And like, well, I can, but I want credentials behind it. I want my fake okay. internet points behind it. Fair enough. Like, I like right now, I'm just doing the Dynamic Divot School things where like people say something, I'll put my opinion in. And they're like, well, no, you're wrong. Because I'm like, oh, okay. No, keep my shitty list, little list to myself and, and do my thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Danny, you are bringing Dark Angels I am. Uh, I've been to, to this event. Angels. You've been playing a lot. You just won a major with Dark Angels, making you the one to beat, one would assume, for this event with all of your regular know. practice with it. We'll see. I think people pr- probably play a lot more. Like, I haven't played in person a ton, so that's all another skill. Yeah. Um, I've only played this list and I only sort of played this list once in person. It was, I had to make a slight modification because I didn't have my I didn't have my other uh, Talon Master built at that point. So now that I have both Talon Masters that I'm going to be taking. You're 100% power. I mean, dude, the t- two Talon Masters is a lot better than one Talon Master, let me tell you. It's like 100% better. Uh-huh. It's literally. It's literally double, twice as good. It's twice as good. Yeah. So take us through your list. What are you taking? All right, so uh, my list consists of a Vanguard detachment and a Patrol detachment. Okay. The Vanguard detachment is my main detachment with my Warlord, and it's a Deathwing detachment, which means I get refunded CP on it. I was going to say, yeah, do you get like refunded CP as a Vanguard, but then I forgot Deathwing got a Deathwing. Yeah, Deathwing got a Deathwing, bro. Yeah. And so that, that, uh, that Vanguard consists of Asriel, who's my Warlord, and then Ezekiel, who's the Chief Librarian of the Dark Angels. I do like that all the Dark Angels list right now brings out the full senior command of oh, the yeah, chapter of to every incursion. Uh, duh, dude. <laughs> gotta, 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 gotta hunt those fallen, bro. <laughs> um, and then uh, the other elite slots, I have a uh, Ravenwing Apothecary, who's Chief Apothecary. Okay. Um, and I am taking Selfless Healer on him. And the Armor Indominus is my free relic. And the reason I like to take the Armor Indominus is because it gives him an extra wound. Um, and a two-up armor save. Anyway, so that gives him six wounds and a two-up armor save, which he only had, normally has a three-up, right? So, um, uh, and then once per game, 
uh, before rolling saves, I can choose to give him a three up invul for that phase. It's so really in good. case anybody like gets froggy and like really wants to try and assassinate him, it's going to be kind of hard. Because six wounds, toughness five, three up invul save is pretty pretty tough. Yeah. Um, and then six up feeling the pain because he's an apothecary, duh. And then he'll heal himself three wounds at the start of his turn. That is really tanky. Yeah. <laughs> And so, um, so he's there to kind of bring uh, other Terminators back. Hell yeah. Um, while also being like, okay, I guess I'll look after myself this turn. Um, and just continually so retanking himself. Since he's, okay, so he does he does a lot of things. So he gets to heal two models a full three damage every time. Okay. So he heals maybe himself and a Terminator. Or if a character gets hurt, he heals that and himself. Or... Uh, two Terminators from different squads or an attack bike. I can bring back an attack bike and a Terminator or Terminator. Like, so, um, yeah, he does a lot of stuff. The Chief Apothecary is kind of uh, busted. I think that's probably that's probably the most busted thing in Space Marines. That's um, saying a lot. <laughs> yeah, I guess. He's, he's really good. Um, and he's probably the best Apothecary in the game, too. Just because he can move 20 inches and still heal. And, like, yeah, he does a bunch of stuff. Anyway... Um, so he's in my list. Um, and then I have uh, a Bladeguard Ancient. Okay. Um, he has the Pennant of Remembrance. And the Pennant of Remembrance lets me uh, uh, pick a Deathwing core infantry unit within six inches. And they get minus one to damage. So they get disgustingly resilient. That's really good. Yep. Mm. Uh, and then I've got a three-man Deathwing uh, command squad. Okay. Um, so it's got two guys with Thunderhammer Storm Shield, one guy with Twin Lightning Claws, and they give they have a bodyguard role. Um, so you can't target my characters mm. with shooting attacks. It's if the best rule range. in the game. It's very good. I'm sure, as you're well aware from your Death Shroud, it's pretty pretty spicy. Some well aware, thirteen times uh, aware. <laughs> um, and then finally, uh, in this detachment, I have a ten man Deathwing Terminator squad. Um, I have tooled them out with four Thunderhammer Storm Shields, uh, including the sergeant. And then I have six guys with storm bolters and chain fists. Ooh. And then two of those chain fist guys also have cyclone missile launchers. Huh. Um, so the reason I chose chain fists um, is pretty easy. Like, first of all, I just think they're straight better than power fist most of the time. Uh, they're So instead of a power fist is normally uh, minus three AP and two flat damage. And chain fist like minus four. And Chain Fist is minus four D3 damage. Mm-hmm. So D3 means you're rolling random dice, but there's so there's a, a good, in the meta right now, there's a good amount of minus one damage stuff. Mm-hmm. So at least with the Chain Fist, I have the chance to do two damage. Right. And then against vehicles, they're auto three. So, like, they're just better than Power Fist in that case. Oh. Like by, um, by a lot. By yeah, 50, yeah, for 50% sure. percent better. Um, yeah, so those guys are good. Uh, and then in my patrol detachment, I have... Uh, uh, two uh, Ravenwing Talon Masters. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those I purchased Rights of War for. Um, so he gives a six-inch aura of objective secured for all my core units that aren't. Oh, and keep in mind in that previous detachment, the Deathwing, the the big Deathwing squad is also OPSEC. Yes. They get that from that detachment. I think when everyone sees a white Terminator nowadays, they just assume it's OPSEC. Well, and only the big squad is. The little squad isn't unless mm-hmm. they're close to my... Talon Master with upset with uh, Rights of War, which is pretty often because he prevents them from getting shot because they're an eight wound character and they like to hang out next to that. Yeah. Squad. Um. So two of those guys, those guys do an unbelievable. They're so unbelievably efficient. They're amazing. Um. 
they can just they can do so many different things like um one trick that i've been kind of using is i'll fly the one talon master with obsec onto an objective that doesn't have an obsec unit on it because they can move 18 inches Mm -hmm. right so I'll just move 18 inches and be within three. And I'm like, okay, you don't score any, po- you don't score primary points on that objective on your turn. Yeah. I'll lose my talent master, but whatever. Yeah. Like you've, you've like denied possibly five, 10 points on yeah. that one there. Potentially. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I've got my, the troops in that one is a 10 man squad of heavy intercessors with assault bolters, uh, the Hellstorm bolt rifles. Mm-hmm. So they get three shots each at strength five. Um, and I have them in there. They are a while we stand, we fight target. Oh yeah. Cause they are really tough to move as well. I mean, they're toughness five. Um, they have three wounds a piece. Um, they can advance and still shoot 30 inches, which is great. Um, they, uh, again, they have a ton of shots, uh, and, and I can transhuman them. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, I can, if you shoot them with one damage weapons, I can increase their armor save to a two plus for one command point. Um, so I just kind of spend points on them to keep them, uh, keep them alive. Yeah. And it, that works pretty well. Uh, and then finally the, the cherry on top of the list, so to speak. Oh, there's an awful lot of cherries already. <laughs> it's, it's almost actually, like a fruit salad it's, at this it's point. It's actually just oops, all cherries. It's just a <laughs> jar of maraschino cherries. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, two units of three attack bikes with multi-meltas. You son of a bitch. Yeah, I lose all my cool multi-melta stuff by being overcosted to high heaven, and you gain so many attack bike multi-meltas. <laughs> oh, that's something I didn't tell you. My progress I, during my getting my stuff together, uh-huh. I found my missing malefic or blight hauler. Oh, that's oh yeah, I did see you posted a picture of that. So that means I now have ten. Oh, well, you got to get rid of one then. I do. Yeah, just I'm going to sacrifice one before the temptation. I'll just fucking throw it into the delta junction. As a as a sacrifice, I'm sure there's only one junction in, in the entire town, so it works that way. Yeah, you could do that, and then you could, uh, if you really just wanted to get rid of it, we could do like a. Uh, uh, I'll I could I'd compensate for you if you if we give that away to a listener. Oh yeah, we can do that too, or we can do it with like the last place prize, and I'll just keep it. <laughs> We'll write on the base, last place trophy, John Quinnell, 2021. Provided and received by Jonathan Quinnell. That's right. Um, yeah, so that's a list. Um, it works really well. It's uh, kind of my army style, and it fits into this. It's really passive. So, yeah, you as a player, you like to be passive. You like to be durable. You like to kind of stop other people from doing things while also doing things that don't really rely on you stopping other people. Yep. So, like, if I shoot you stuff, oh, cool, you did damage. Well, he came back. He's a full wounds. Yep. Also, you can't hold that. Yep. Yeah. And then, like, the stuff all hits super, like, all the stuff is elite and hits really hard. So, like, you don't want to, you don't want to play around in combat. Like, fuck around and find out to your detriment, right? Yeah. Because, uh. Oh, for example, um, uh, like throwing Righteous Repugnance on the big Terminator squad Mm -hmm. is uh, like an ungodly amount of output. Like (laughs) I had I had five five Terminators make it into a Megara in close combat and I did over 30 damage to it in like one go. Oh, like just just dead. Like it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. 
So was that like average rolling, hot rolling, or? Uh, I would say it's pretty average. I mean, Oof. there's a bunch of different ways for Dark Angels to get plus one to hit. Mm-hmm. Like if you charge them, they're going to be plus one to hit. They can ca- they can use Fury the first for one command point to get plus one to hit. There's a stratagem for their, if you're within 18 inches of a land speeder, I can spend two command points and my whole army gets plus one to hit against one unit. So pretty good. Yeah, there's just a bunch of different ways for them to make sure that I'm hitting on like twos rolling ones or threes rolling everything. Like I've got chapter master rerolls from uh from Asriel to hand out that'll go to an attack bikes, which can advance and still shoot on the first turn. <clears throat> After I see who goes first. And uh, I can pre-game move them for two command points so they can, like, advance into the middle of the table um, but still be within six inches of Asriel and then advance again and, like, get to wherever, wherever, basically wherever I want them to be in yeah. lots of range. So so when you when you constructed this army and when you're kind of playing it, what were you thinking of, like, secondary-wise? Because I know, like, when you're making it, you're already kind of thinking, what am I going to take? How is this army going to win? Yeah, so while we stand, we fight is pretty pretty standard for me. Um that that is uh oh man it's so good for that army because like you hit, so my while we stand targets are 10 deathwing terminators mm-hmm. which i have yet to lose in one one go really like, hard I, to take that down yeah i've gotten them down to two guys before like that was the worst they ever got mauled mm-hmm. um but then like my opponent spent the rest of, spent his army doing that like he, i was able to pick up most of it after that like after that one like super hard blow and then uh Let's see, I've got, uh, it's them, it's the Heavy Intercessors, mm-hmm. which, like, you'll definitely kill one unit, uh, or, like, there's a good chance you'll kill one unit, especially if I'm playing them up with my Terminators, but then the other unit, like, guarding my back objective, like, almost never dies. Mm-hmm. So, or if I feel like there's a lot of threats, like, I just won't, I just, I will just will be really cautious with them and not really advance them, try to get them in, onto objectives that where, stay, where they can stay out of line of sight, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um what else oh and then asriel and asriel is a six wound model with stick right with a two up armor save four up invul and always has transhuman on so like all my terminator models have trans all my deathwing models have transhuman all the time so they're they're hard to get rid of um what else uh so there's that so while we stand we fight is always is is pretty much a gimme for me like i feel like i always take that Mm -hmm. um and then there's uh on five objective missions, I like to take, uh, I like to take domination. Okay, um, just because you can do a really good job of kind of controlling objective secured and who has it and, and where it goes. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I can shoot people off of objectives pretty well. And I only have to, t- I only have to take three objectives, which means I don't have to push myself out super far because mm-hmm. my army is not fast. With the exception of the attack bikes and the talent masters, everything in my army is very slow. Like movement five on almost everything except for my characters, which are six. So, um, and then, uh, so I like domination. Uh, I like, uh, I don't like table quarters or anything like that. Um, just because I don't want to have to be all around the board. That's hard for me to do. Um, so one thing I haven't really played a lot of is I haven't done codex secondaries because the tournament that i was playing in didn't allow codex secondaries no. so i really have to i and i'm i know that like uh oath the moment <laughs> oath oath the moment is really good for this army i think when i see a pl- like a marine player take oath of moment i'm just like just mark yourself off for 12 man and then we can up it to 15 later if needs be yeah and i'm not going to fill morale tests no like because all the deathwing auto pass yeah um <laughs> 
And then, uh, uh, so that one's really good. And Dark Angels also have a specific one where if you hold the same objective for multiple turns in a row. Um, <laughs> what in the 10 Deathwing block would it be able to do that in your army? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Or just that heavy intercessor that's yeah. in my back home objective. As long as I hold that the whole game, like I'm going to get 15 points. Mm-hmm. So, and if, yeah, if you want to come try and take it, like you can dig out 10 Deathwing Terminators. I have a really good time with that. I, I think I got plans for that. But okay, sure, yeah, cool. have a good yeah, time. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, that stuff is good. Um, I don't usually take Psyker ones because I want the Psychic powers because Dark Angels and Terramancy powers are great. So good. Yeah. Um, I uh, I take Banners okay. often, actually. I've taken I don't that take that times. one very often. So what, what, why, why do you take Banners? What, what makes that successful? Well, so depending on the it really depends on deployment right so if it's an if it's a mission that i can move onto three different objectives and raise a banner um that's like a really good mission for me to take that on because if i do that i'll get three points second turn third turn fourth turn fifth turn and end of game which gives me 15 so even if i'm and and i just my opponent has to take those objectives away from me which usually they don't want to do right so um that usually works out in my favor pretty well. Uh, yeah, so uh, that one's pretty good. Um, I haven't. I don't usually take scramblers or anything like that because I'm usually not deep striking anything. I'm usually just walking stuff around the table. Right. And also kind of with how prevalent scramblers has been, being like a lot of lists now have kind of defense uh, against that. Yeah. So, like, yeah, people are definitely taking units specifically to deny scramblers from people, um, which is which is good. They should. Uh, yeah, so those are kind of some of the objectives that I, some of the secondaries that I try and take in this army to win. Um, it's, the deployment is pretty simple. I just try and make sure nothing, like, I can't really lose anything important on the first turn, especially mm-hmm. before I can get my buffs up. Um, Got to get your buffs up. That's right. Got to get them buffs up. Buff up those buffs. <laughs> so rookie buffs. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 not like a it's not like a stupid army to play. Like, there's a bunch of little micromanaging stuff that you can do. Like, what I've been having the most fun doing with the army is like is like switching around different doctrines. Yeah. So like, Asriel's Warlord trait lets you switch like walk a doctrine back one, so you can go from tactical to devastator and from assault to tactical. Yeah. Um, and so like I'll often walk back things like the attack bikes so that they can get an extra three inches of movements. Um, or, uh, oh, actually, no, sorry, sorry. I can't do that with the attack bikes to get an extra three inches of movement. I have to actually spend the command points on that because it's only for attacks that you get the extra, uh, benefit. I think I have to look that up again. I think, I think, I think I, uh, I, uh, I don't think it works that way anyway, but like you can use that. There's a dark angel stratagem for one command point that you can pick any doctrine for a unit within six inches of your warlord and give them that instead. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's, of course, the ubiquitous Space Marine one for two command points where your unit is in all doctrines. And I'll use that on my Terminators quite often, um, especially on a turn where, like, I really need them to go, like, Super Saiyan and Powerhouse. Like, and they just, like, so you get so many cool buffs with that. Like, okay, so Deathwing reroll failed to wound rolls against, like, anything, any unit with eight or more wounds or characters. So if I give them Chapter Master rerolls, they get reroll to hit and reroll to wound against those models. And then I'm also getting all the bolter shots at minus one AP. And then I'm also getting two or four crack rockets at minus three AP. Like, and it's really good. 
it's just a lot of damage that gets output. Anyway. So yeah, that's kind of that list. There's a lot of really good things in it. There's a lot of things that are uh, pretty, it's, it's really tough. It's really durable. It kind of, uh, it does decent board control and it actually has a lot of shooting. Yeah, no, definitely. Sounds like the heavy and assessor guns are like no joke. Yep. And those uh, cyclo missile racks as well are like really, really good. It's a lot of shots. Um, and then multi-mouses, they're still really good. Yeah, and there's like six of them. Yep. You, you animal. On a super fast platform. Yeah. Which is a good reason why attack bikes have been out of stock for about three months now. I just got three more in today. Wonderful. Good. Glad you got them in time. Um, <laughs> so for me... Um, yeah, John, let's hear about this list. I want to I want to know all about it. Oh, for sure. So uh, I'm pivoting a little bit uh, and changing some stuff around. I'm going for a Terminus Ast uh, Death Guard list. Okay. Um, again, the way your list kind of plays to your playstyle. Um, my playstyle has kind of evolved to uh, scoring points early mm-hmm. um, and then dying by turn three. But by that point... Tapering off, but you already have a lead, right? I already have a lead, and it's really hard to kind of follow up there. Yep. So kind of just abusing some like regular death card things and not worrying so much about killing because with the Terminus Ast, of course, the the caveat is you can't take any vehicles. So there's no Volkite Contemptors. There's no mm-hmm. um, drones. There's no Plague Burst Crawlers. So it really takes a lot of your, like, your long-range firepower sure. and your higher AP shooting out of there. Um, so I just have one battalion uh, because another hallmark of the Terminus Ast list. And speed too, John. That's another thing that it... That it quote unquote loses a speed right right for sure well it does it though yeah no well we're gonna hit that in a second yeah yeah um but yeah the the terminus Asilis is so cp hungry it is um so a single battalion um i could have split it up for more things but i need as many command points as possible uh, so we're gonna start out with typhus of course who's just a great beat stick character and um, with Terminus S, he gets two Warlord traits for free. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so he gets a Shamble Rot, which, again, uh, against a list like yours is super good. Uh, Shamble Rot, of course, is in your at the start of your opponent's movement phase if you're within, uh, like, three inches of me or something like that, or oh, within Contagion range, which is even better. Right. Um, on a 4+, you get one Mortal Wound. On a 6, it's D3 Mortal Wounds. Um, on yeah, that's, t- that's so good. Like, Or it's... It's not the best, right? It's, but it's, it's it's totally it's totally fine and not hard to make it a twelve inch aura of a bunch of mortal wounds, right? For sure. And like what I've noticed is a lot of like a lot of space marine lists with transhuman, a lot of things with good and vulnerable saves. Yep. So now, how do I ignore those? Mortal wounds are sort of the way to go. Um, he also has his terminus asks uh, warlord trait, where I can turn off objective secured on things, which works. Yeah. Super good. Um, that that's really useful, especially seeing against a list like yours, uh, where you have characters flying around giving objective secured. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to take that away so I can hold things with my my junkie ship. Um, I took his psychic powers from the terminus ass table. Okay. Um, so he's going to have accelerated entropy, uh, where you roll dice, I roll dice. Mm-hmm. If I beat your toughness, um, you take mortal wounds. Yep, and if you double my toughness, you take like D three plus three or something right. like that. Like take, you take a lot, which again, the army list is built around mortal wound output. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, essentially, that's what it is. There, um, I also took Rotwind. Uh, Rotwind is a psychic power where you pick a unit um, and then you ignore AP minus one or two from that. Yeah, so that unit loses AP minus one or two becomes yeah. zero, right? Right, yeah. when where we get like further down my list, we're going to see that it's really important that I, I like ignore AP minus one or two. 
Yeah. Um, on top of that, we have two malignant playcasters. Um, a couple of our patrons were talking about how good they were and like uh, all the things that came. And mm-hmm. a couple were running like triple malignant playcasters just because they do extra mortals um, when they successfully cast a psychic power within 12 inches. Um, but I just went for two. So the first one, again, is going to take from the Terminus S table. He's going to take Lung Rot and a Noxious Discharge. Uh, lung okay. Rot is, of course, uh, you can advance. Uh, you have to be within six inches to, de- to declare a charge. Yeah. Um, oh, this guy also has the Filthy Sensor Relic from the Terminus S book. Yeah. So he has an extra six inches of range. So those both those psychic powers are 24 inches. Nice. Um, and just with so much having advanced charge and just really good alpha, just having that defensive ability to be from pretty much the other side of the table. If you're within 24 inches of me, I can slow down this unit. Yeah. Is, is super, super helpful. Um, and then the other malignant playcaster, I went through the original death guard book. So he has gift of plagues, which I think is an auto include in every single death guard army. Yeah. It's really um, it adds six inches to your auras. So if you looked at typhus turn one, as a three-inch aura, plus three inches for being a Lord of Contagion, mm-hmm. plus six inches for the Gift of Plagues, which is like Warp Charge 5. Um, so you can pretty much max his range early on, and with his uh, uh, Warlord trait, that is super, super useful It's to pretty have. powerful, yeah. Um, and then also Miasma of Pestilence, because right. that's the other kind of auto-take power. It's really good. Uh, for my troop choices, uh, I have 71 Poxwalkers. Hell Yeah. <laughs> I have uh, three units of 20 and a unit of 11. Uh, so why the unit of 11? Are they just kind of backfield? So they are. They have a couple of roles. Um, so they are either going to hang out in backfield uh-huh. or they're going to take you make use of the Terminus-esque um, stratagem where if it gets killed below half strength, mm-hmm. I can bring it back for free anywhere I want pretty much. Nice. On the edges. So like they can kind of jump, grab backfield objectives. Uh, they can um, hold the middle and just really screen out my deployment zone a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, that was the most Pogswalkers I could afford with everything else there. The big three units of 20. Obviously, turn one, we're going to use the Terminus S stratagem to add three inches to their movement. Right. We're going to run them eight to 13 inches up the table. Um, the idea with those guys is they're going to get in combat as soon as possible. And as soon as I can, I'm going to be popping the Harbinger stratagem and the yeah. Death Guard stratagem. For mortal wounds on sixes, reroll all hits. Yeah, that's like mutant strain, and I forgot what the other one was. Yeah, yeah. But like that's that's the deal is they're going to go into units like say your Terminator Blob, and we're going to be just fishing for mortal wounds as much as we can. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's pretty good. And so like I have three units able to do that, uh, and then again I can use the other stratagem from the Terminus S to maybe bring a unit back if you kill one of the 20 mans early mm-hmm. or I can use the one to bring back up to seven models depending on dice rolls and just kind of make them as annoying as possible yeah that's is really, really where it is so it's like 71 of those is a really high number I wish I could have more there's other cool stuff I want to do mm. um, I have a unit of nine blight lord terminators god I wish I could afford 10 but I have a unit of nine blight lord terminators that's pretty good. Uh, so they all have uh, axes and bolt guns, apart from one with a plague spear and one with a flail of corruption. Nice. Um, plague spear is only five points, and that seems like really cheap for what it is. Yeah, sure. And considering I'm just marching them up the center of the table, where I'm assuming people are going to come towards me anyway, mm-hmm. having that flamer 
Super good again. Trying to negate dice rolls, negate hit rolls. Sure, yeah, come towards me. I'm going to shoot you with the flamer. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, the seven combi bolters is really nice. And there's stratagems sure. in the book to make those even better. Yeah. Um, you can make them into plague weapons or, yeah, there's, right. there's some cool stuff you can um, There is the uh, ubiquitous 13 death shroud. So we have a unit of five, <laughs> unit of five, unit of three. Cool. These are not upgraded. So, like, the champions only have one flamer. Um, and that is just because I did not have points and I wanted poxwalkers more because I feel their mortal wound output is going to be better than a hand flamer. Yeah. Um, the unit of three is pretty much always going to be in deep strike um, sure. to kind of drop down or kind of be where they need to be. And then the two units of five just kind of walk up the table protecting characters. Yep. Um, it's going to be a hard time removing 10 deaths route. Oh, yeah, they're going to be a pain in the ass. Uh, then we have our foot of vitron. We have a plague surgeon. If I have that many Terminators, I, I'm taking a Plague Surgeon. Because in this list, there is, yeah, 22 Terminators and Typhus. Um, so the Plague Surgeon is going to help keep them alive for longer. Yep. That Plague Surgeon, also, I paid for the extra Warlord traits. Give him Arch Contaminator, because he's already going to be there anyway. Right. Might as well give those guys rerolls. Uh, and also the Fulgaris Helm. Yeah. Uh, which is really an auto-take for that Plague Surgeon. Uh, makes his... Yeah, uh, the Aura 6 and, like... Yeah, his Regen uh, Aura is 6. Um, his Field No Pain is, is even bigger. So, like, it's it's a great thing to put on him there. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes those Terminators even more of a pain in the ass to and deal And it affects with. Arch Contaminator, too. Yep. Yeah. It's it's super good. Um, and then we have a Tallyman. Again, this is a yeah. CP-hungry army. I need every single command point I can get. Yeah, make sure to not forget to roll your Tallyman. I know. Yeah, I have to write it on my arm in Sharpie. There you go. And I'm going to look every time. Uh, and then I have a Foul Blight Spawn with Stench Fats because nice. it's a Death Guard army. Of course you're going to have a Foul Blight Spawn with Stench Fats. He's really good. Yeah. Did you give him uh, uh, Viscous Death? I did not. Okay. I chose to keep the points in Poxwalkers That's instead. That's cool. I get it. Uh, and then fast attack, I have two units of chaos spawn of one spawn each. Those guys are going to hang out in backfield objectives. They're going to screen my deployment zone. Um, if you want to shoot them, great. That's perfectly fine. That means you're not shooting at the other 97 targets that I have on the yeah, field. Yeah. Um, if you don't shoot them, great. I'll score some points for holding objectives. That's also good for me. So. That's also good for me. Yeah. Um, the list really works by not caring what happens to it. Sure. Uh, and kind of going in with a game plan. And my game plan is also pretty passive too. Um, if there is a mission-specific objective that asks me to hold an objective, I'm probably generally going to take that one. Yep. Um, I every time oh, yeah. I, take, I like those kind of object. I like those uh, the mission-specific ones. Yeah. A bit too. There's a lot of really. There's some really bad ones, but the most of them yeah. are, are really good for me. Um, and I think I built to that. Because of that, but knowing that, okay, there, there's at least a good chance I'm going to get this here. Um, spread the Sickness is like a perennial favorite of mine. Um, it's a way to guarantee pretty much three victory points a turn mm-hmm. um, by just doing Mortal Wounds to Poxwalkers. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, oh, man. Like, yeah, as long as you're puking on objectives, that's, that's an awesome one. And... Like, yeah, you can't do it on the central, like, mo- uh, probably on central objectives uh, unless they're, like, pretty close to your deployment zone with, mm-hmm. with your fast-moving poxwalkers. But you're definitely going to be in range on the second turn to do it unless yep. your opponent is within three inches. Yeah. Which is bad for them, Which too. is bad for them because they're going to be within mortal wound bomb range of them. Exactly. Um, and then what I really like about that is spread the sickness. I choose to auto-take mortal wounds. What I can then do with that is kill my poxwalkers in a way that I lose more than half the squad to morale 
which then I can use the terminus as stratagem to bring them back on the other side of the board. Poxwalkers don't take morale tests. Oh, but they're out of co- coherency. Sorry. There you go. There that you go. Would work. It's the right words. I right theory, wrong words. Uh, that's the, my my great segment that I'm going to add <laughs> in here. Uh, but yeah, so like, so you rem- you take mortal wounds to spread the sickness on this thing. You remove Poxwalkers in a way that that squad is out of coherency, mm-hmm. and then you kill the half that's out of coherency, and then you can you then use a stratagem to bring the squad back at full strength for the other side of the board, right? Um, which I think is a really neat little trick to do. And again, it's, it comes from a place of not really giving a shit, like if my models die or not, is, is what points am I getting? Which is, that's super awesome. I like, I like, I like, I like your gameplay. Like my game plans, I don't care if my models die. I don't care what I kill. What am I scoring that turn? Yep. Um, and most of it comes around everything in my army can do mortal wounds. It's very characterful for your for for your army. It is John, too, to yeah. Super callous, and like everything. yeah, it's and it's it's a very uh, characterful terminus test list. The only thing I'm mad about, like I wish, I, I debated a long time between doing like the extra six inch psychic range or giving the plague skull of Gogtha to one of my desperate champs. Yeah, um, which is a good item too. They're both great items, but I just feel, especially with. A lot of the things that we have and kind of some of the meta that we're seeing from some of the people that are going to be there, turning off advance, um, restricting charge range is going to be way more helpful for me to control how the game goes. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Uh, Because if I can turn off someone's ability to charge or not charge further than six inches, I can make sure that my uh, foul blight spawn is in position to really fuck them over with auras. Yeah. Um, rather than kind of having to, okay, if you charge me here, we do this, we do this, we do this. Mm-hmm. The only bad thing about Terminus Est is majority of the psychic powers are like warp charge seven. Right. Um, but that's another reason I'm keeping a lot of CP. Uh, I'm not trying to do a bunch of extra warlord traits is so that I can use CP rerolls for those like real clutch ones. That's smart. And the clutchest power is just gift of plagues, which is warp charge five extra yeah. six inches and then terminus s as well has a bunch of stratagems to give me extra range on my um contagions oh yeah that's right you can pick a unit and they get a 12 inch contagion yep. range right that's pretty cool um and i believe this one i give yeah i pick an enemy unit if i wound it i believe i, I can add contagion to it uh through a psychic power oh yeah it like adds it either I forgot how that works. It's like for the rest of the turn or for the rest of the game. I don't. I, I believe it's it the rest of the battle. Yeah, that makes power. That, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at too. Um, so there's like a lot of cool little weird things to do, um, but I think that you do okay. It's again, it's it's built around ignoring dice rolls and scoring passive objectives. Yeah, um, which is where this edition kind of sadly shows success. Well, yeah. No, and I'm honestly like uh, that's that's a playstyle that's very familiar to me and one that I like. I really like your list. I think it's good. I think it's gonna. I think it's a sleeper. Like people don't, people don't think about it. But like as far as it just has a lot of stuff, and yeah. that's really good. And what's great is that if you take out my screens, which is the seventy poxwalkers, cool. Uh, I'm just advancing death shroud into your face. If you take out the death shroud. I'm going to mortal wound you to death with the poxwalkers. I mean, everything you have there is a definite melee threat. Yeah. Yeah. The only like rough thing is going to be flyers are going to be an issue for me. I try to maybe think about a demon prince in there, but I always have smite. That's right. You have smite plus all the other mortal wound powers you have. Yeah. So lots of stuff in there. Stay away from malignant plague casters. I think you should do okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to hope that I edited together Innes' segment, and he's going to talk to us about trading up, uh, which is what he will soon be doing with this podcast. <laughs> Earl Hagen was a legend. 
1960, he whistled his way into Hollywood and into our hearts. Decades later, he made a comeback, lending those lustrous lips in the 1980s to such bands as the Scorpions, Guns N' Roses, and Pat Benatar. A half century after his humble beginnings, he's at it again. This time without cumbersome musical accompaniment, he'll have you wetting your whistle and whistling along. His new album, Earl Whistles Disney, is sure to be a hit with all generations. Order now and receive a bonus album, Earl Whistles More Shit, a collection of previously unreleased material of Earl's favorite songs through the years. On this bonus album, he demonstrates his newly mastered technique of inward whistling. Order yours today on compact disc or double-length cassette. Also available at fine retailers such as Walgreens, CBS, and participating Sam Goody stores. Earl Whistles Disney. Buy it today. Good morning and good evening everybody. I'm Ennis Wilson and I'm back with another segment of Lo-Fi Beats to Get Good To with Mob Rules. This week we're going to be talking about peace trading, what it is, why you should care about it, and how to get better at it. So the basic concept of peace trading is when you have a unit and you use it to go and deal with something else and you expect to lose it in return. That's a very basic definition of it, but you can see this in examples like um, there's a unit your opponent has to, the your opponent has that you need to deal with. You fire a unit over there with whatever whatever capacity you need to, whether it's shooting it or killing it in combat, and you deal with it, and then you have no expectation of that unit still being there in your next turn. Uh, that that's a peace trade. You are both you are trading a piece of your material for some of your opponents. And in very basic terms, there are three kinds of peace trade. There's trading up, which is where something that is less valuable for you trades with something of a higher value of your opponent there's trading down which is where something high value trades for something low value and there's an even trade which is where you know you trade roughly equivalently so how are you knowing how do you know whether you're trading up trading down or trading even that is going to come down to a different hundred a couple of different factors one is points and you'll often hear this people saying oh well my thing killed 200 points of yours that's it made its points back but this is roughly what they're saying with this is that they're saying if it dies now I feel like I've made a roughly even trade. And points is one good metric, so you expect a 100-point unit to do roughly the same as another 100-point unit, which means that if you trade your 100-point unit for 100-point units of theirs, it's a roughly even trade. The difference in that then comes where you have something that's more valuable in a specific situation. So you might have a transport that's protecting a very key unit, and if your opponent's able to deal with that and take your value valuable unit out of the game, then they might be trading up in terms of effect on the game state. And that's what trading up and trading down can really come into their own in terms of I managed to use a piece that's less valuable than yours on its in terms of its effect on the game. So objective holders might be a good example of this. If you're able to throw in a squad to go and deal with something that's the only way your opponent has of dealing with objective play and you take that out, you might be finding yourself in a much better position. Um, something like scramblers you're able to send in to kill your opponent's only unit that can scramble on turn one and they're just out of luck now that's 10 points they're not getting so it's always very important to contextualize peace trades in this sense as well as just points um and that's where a lot of people fall down with peace trading is that they just look at it in points terms not in terms of actual impact on the game 
So how do you get better at piece trading is the next thing. So the first thing is to make sure that you're not just assigning units value based on their points. You should also be assigning the value based on how replicable their effect is. If they're the only thing in your army that can do something and you need them to do it, you can't just trade them off for something else. If you've got only got one thing that kills a knight, you can't use them to go and kill something else. They've got to kill that knight, otherwise you might be in a bad position. That's where your units might become overvalued. And then undervalued might be you bought a bunch of anti-tank and your opponent's playing a horde well you've got to find something to do with them well maybe they just have to go and trade for a transport that they really don't care about or they go and you know stand on an objective and hold for a turn that's where you're going to find ways to break parity on trades and this is why we're seeing a lot of things like um repentia incubi all this sort of thing that are really strong right now because you can run a very small squad that's very small points and you have to give it a lot of respect as the opponent player because the amount of resources they can sink into it can make it punch significantly above its pointed weight with advance and charge, bunch of stratagem, double fights, auras. All of this can make a unit that's on its face, pretty cheap, trade up. And that's a very important thing to make sure that you're mitigating is you need to be stopping your opponent's ability to trade up onto you. Because if your opponent makes more trade ups than you do, odds are they're gonna win the game. The next thing to talk about is when not to trade. Trading isn't always something that you have to do in a game of 40k. It's entirely possible that you can be playing an army that just doesn't do peace trades. An example of this might be something like Death Guard, where you just have a bunch of resilient stuff and your goal is to have it do its thing all game. Peace trading is very much something that specific units in your army will be doing. It's not something you need to do with everything, but it's something you should always be looking for opportunities to do but when not to peace trade is when you can force your opponent to take the initiative on that. You may have a different valuation of a unit's power or relevance in a game than your opponent does. And if your opponent has a different understanding to you and you're able to gain an advantage through that because they, tr they think they're making a trade up when in your opinion they're trading down because they've lost a more valuable piece than you have for what the later stages of the game may encompass that will give you a lot of opportunity to find eke out small advantages through just misappropriation of resources on your opponent's behalf so you don't always have to trade especially if you're the person that has the initiative going forward in the game if you're the guy that has the better secondary plan or the better primary plan and you can force your opponent to be the one that's making plays you often get to be the one responding to that and that can often mean getting to have your trade pieces survive or do things multiple times and when you have a unit that's a one-shot unit that gets to do its thing more than once, you're generally going to be winning those games. So keep an eye out for times where you can leverage the implication of what will be happening later in the game to get advantages in the mid-game or the early game. This has been Lo-Fi Beats to Get Good To with Ennis Wilson. Thank you, John and Danny. Again, I'm going to keep saying this every week until it makes you uncomfortable. Thank you for allowing me to continue to do this. Back to you guys for more good old whistling content. Hey, Danny. Yeah. Go to the bathroom. I definitely won't record a 45-minute interview with that kicker with another guy. <sighs> All right. Okay. And we're back. Well, I'm back. Uh, Danny is uh, stepped out to do some real-life stuff here. And when I say stepped out, like, this was recorded way earlier than the rest of the stuff. So uh, <laughs> we'll ignore that here. Um, I am, though, joined by his uh, capable replacement, uh, Seth, uh, from the Seth and Mad Dog YouTube channel. Hi, Seth. You know, Hey, I, I've been I've been trying to do a Danny uh, laugh impression, but I, I I couldn't do it justice, so I left it 
I left it on the cutting room floor. Because I don't pay you to laugh at my jokes. Like um, I pay Danny to laugh at my jokes. Yeah, that's 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 where the chuckle comes from. <laughs> For sure. And then we're also here with uh, Frontline Gaming's uh, coordinator, Kicker. How are we doing? Hey, uh, I'm doing swell. That's oh, perfect. End of interview. We're done. Um, no. Uh, so <laughs> Kicker has been like a big kind of driving force behind the kind of explosion of frontline gaming events that are kind of popping up all over the place. Like I think coming up right now, you have Atlantic City open, you have the yeah. Lone Star yeah. open, uh, Las Vegas team tournament, and then LVO and just everything's kind of going to like. You're forgetting SoCal and New Orleans open. I got to plug everything, man. And then we have a super secret event in February. But yeah, you know. Ooh. Super secret. That, that's that's yeah. exciting. Um, but yeah, like yeah. literally, like everything's exploding up here. Uh, majors every month, pretty much uh, from here on out, and really kind of expanding that frontline gaming uh, ITC circuit. Uh, so tell us, like, how did you get started with frontline, and kind of where did this kind of idea to just have a bajillion majors uh, come from? <laughs> Well, okay. I mean, as much credit as I'd like to take, I can't take all the credit. Reese and Frankie have been wanting to expand the portfolio of events. Um, I've got a pretty unique skill set. I'm I'm pretty good at working within, you know, creating events and whatnot. And I've 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 done everything from product design to working big conventions to small conventions. And um, they wanted to do an event in New Orleans, and we started talking, and and that kind of created the New Orleans Open. But then Reese and Frankie said, hey. Uh, you know, you want to come on full time and uh, help us really grow. And so it's been a, it's been a whirlwind. So Atlantic City Open, they had already begun the talks and had the contract for the venue for that in place. Um, but then they basically said, OK, we have this giant ballroom kicker. Let's uh, let's make this thing happen. And I've been working nonstop on on that as well as the Lone Star Open and uh, and then, you know, the Las Vegas team. So it's, it's been a lot. And I have officially started in January and it's kind of been a, a nonstop uh, race. So if if Reese is like the Kevin Feige of the Marvel Universe in, in the ITC, does that make you like the Russo brothers? <laughs> I'll, I'll take anything, honestly. I'm okay with anything because he, uh, he, he, to be honest, this is a dream job. Like I love it. I love it. I can. I, I don't mind being uh, doing a lot of the uh, the leg work right now because uh, it's 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 every day is exciting, right? Like we have so much happening. Um, uh, John, have you been to our events before? Have you been to LVO? I do. Yeah, I have been to a couple LVOs. Uh, I started doing the the friendly the the, the couple yeah. of years ago, and then last no two years ago, I guess from now because we have the year that time forgot. I, I did the the championships, yeah. and I actually have my ticket for next year's championship at LVO too. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm excited to meet a lot of our listeners in the lower tables, um, which is where I'm going <laughs> to populate right there. I, I really just love like you know like most podcasts are like hey uh saturday night of lvo we're gonna meet up at this place for dinner i just want mob rules plug to be like hey round three we're gonna meet in like the, the bottom 600s well i think i've said that before there's like my last round opponent we were like two three or something stupid like that for the weekend and it was trying to be like very severe with like a ruling of something. I'm like, dude, just go for it. Like we're table 600. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just go. Just let's, go. let's go. Let's just do it. Um, but what would you say makes like a frontline event a, a frontline event? Because obviously there, there's things like uh, Nova, Adapticon, all these other like super major giant tournaments. Uh, what separates yeah. a, a frontline event? All right, so like this is like what we do, right? This is a big deal for us. So everything from the tables, because all the tables are gonna have beautiful FLG terrain, 
beautifully painted and thematic um, to the quality of the venue, right? Like we've got a really good relationships in place, which has made my job way easier to, to get new locations, but we have really good relationships in place with some of these larger, you know, uh, hospitality chains to allow us to get like amazing venues that we would not normally be able to get. So that's how we have the Rio for LVO 2022. Um, the Atlantic City Open, I mean, like, this is far too nice of a hotel resort for us to be playing with little plastic toys. At. I mean, this is a gorgeous, gorgeous uh, facility on the beach with a ballroom that is just insane. But but luckily, we, we, we are able to always, you know, create these awesome experiences because we do have the uh, the connections. And that's actually one of the reasons I was brought on board is that I'm able to, to work with some of these large, uh, large, um, I don't know, corporations that, you know, have hotels across the country and, and make these uh, make these relationships happen. Um, the other thing is also like, you're going to get an amazing quality of swag uh, at every event, you know, or, or prize support. So you're coming for a beautiful terrain. You're going to come to a beautifully professionally run, um, an amazing venue. And then of course you're going to walk away with some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, I will say like the looks we were getting kind of like rolling through the casino in Vegas um, at the old location <laughs> with like these uh, rolling carts, just full of miniatures. Um, yeah. The the first year I went was like the Super Bowl weekend as well. So there was a bunch of like, <laughs> Uh, I think Arizona and New England fans there, they're like the whole time too, were just very confused by the whole thing. Um, but yeah, generally, like the the events have been like a great time. Um, I mean, Seth, you do much better at them than I do, so you probably have a <laughs> yeah, better yeah, idea. Seth is the competitive one here, right? He's the, I, he's the he's the real player here. I try. I, I'm not a Danny. I'm not a Danny level. <laughs> I'm not like I, you know, the like. You know, the four-year-old Samantha Danny is. You can be like, here's a new codex. He's like, yeah, I wrote the most brokenest ever in two hours. Um, but I think one of the things that uh, I don't think you, you hit kicker that I think is worth remembering, um, there's a lot of events that uh, haven't run at the scale that an LVO has run at. Um, and, you know, it has its hiccups. You know, I went two years ago when there was the BCP crash of yeah. 2020 where we slept under tables for several hours. Um, <laughs> we don't talk about like, that, but yeah. <laughs> you guys have experience with logistics. So it, there's a bit of confidence when it comes to like, if I'm like, I, I'm, you know, full disclosure, I'm going, I went to LVO. I'm going to go to LVO. I'm going to Atlantic city open. Like I don't commonly buy tickets to fly across the country to play at an event. Um, I got to know that the event I'm going to, I got to know yeah. it's going to be run well, it's, you know, cause there's, you know, there's how many horror stories of, you know, someplace tried to run a major and there wasn't any water. And guys were just like fighting over like the drink fountain or, you know, crap like that. So like there is a, a bit of uh, branding there. I think if that makes sense, that goes to it where it's like, I know what I'm getting. I know it's going to happen. I know they've thought through all the things that we need to think through. You're not going to show up and they're going to be like, oh, shit, we didn't bring mats. <laughs> Seth, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Frontline Gaming has been doing this for 10 years now. I mean, major events, only growing and growing and growing and learning. And, and we've really got the, the formula figured out now. We know what to ask, what to expect uh, from the venues. We know what to bring. We have an entire, like, warehouse team just, you know, preparing pallets to go from event to event to event so that when we set up, we know that we have all the mats, we have all the terrain, we make sure there's water provided, we make sure there's good, affordable food on site. So yeah, it, you know, I, I really do appreciate that. That is that is something that does take a lot of time. And uh, and people don't realize the bigger the event gets, it gets ex it doesn't get easier, it gets exponentially more complicated. Um, and our events are larger now than they ever have been before. 
So I will say, like, uh, as we talk about scaling events, a lot of people who listen and a lot of people who play have experience sort of running what would be for them like a large event. So you're, you're 40, 50 yeah. person GT, you're, you're smaller majors or that you're like 55 people. Like, what would you say to them? Like, what's the best way for them to scale in a way um, that makes sense and kind of really protects the player experience? Yeah, I mean, so for, for one thing is you need to have, you know, trusted TOs and judges. You can't have, if, if you're going to be at a lot of events, try to try to go, and they're going to have a 40K, you know, competitive. They're going to have maybe a 40K friendly. They might have Kill Team. They might have an Age of Sigmar thing. You need to have people that have been vetted out to run each one of those game systems totally independently of you um, because that, that, that does become a, a, a complication, right? You can't have one guy trying to run around and run the event. A lot of events have, you know, their TO who also is their head judge. Uh, for frontline gaming, we we don't. We have kind of a hierarchy there. We have you know our our TO that's running the uh, you know the individual event, and then he has judges underneath him, and then you have people like media event coordinators that are on site dealing with the the, the property itself, the management of the uh, of the venue. So we've got this pretty cool set of staff. So I think anyone that's trying to scale up needs to realize you need to have the team in place to help to help make that. Um, the, the the other thing is like it's not something you can plan a month in advance, two months in advance. I mean, we're planning uh, at least nine months in advance. Ideally, we have 12 months in advance before any event to, to really make it happen because there's just so mo- many moving parts. Yeah, so moving away from that, let's talk about you. So so you obviously yeah. play Warhammer. Uh, you have for a long yeah, time. Yeah, of course. Uh, how did you get yeah. into the hobby? Uh, well, um, I grew up uh, <laughs> with God's Ghost in my hands. Uh, I love that book series, man. I just I fell in love with it. Um, I sucked at painting. I sucked at playing, but I love the books, and that really got me hooked. So, of course, Guard were my favorite army. Um, and you know, we all go through these phases. We come in and out, in and out uh, of the hobby. But I always like would check the websites, or you know, I'd, I'd go visit the hobby stores, even if I wasn't buying. I just have to like go peek, and you know, uh, and and so I was always fascinated by the hobby. And then, uh, funny enough, in, in in college is when I really got into it. You know, I I'm just like you know, you know what just. I, I guess I got confident enough to just like wave my geek flag, whatever. And I just totally embraced it. You know, I, I, I was dating girls. I'm like, yeah, these are my models. I think, you know, <laughs> like, not exactly <laughs> the coolest kid in campus, but whatever, you know, I know I got a similar thing where I like really got in like 13 to, to 16 and I was like super yeah. into it then. And then something yeah. happened 16 to 21 where I lost interest in most things yeah. that, you know, weren't <laughs> girls. And then after that, got yeah, like yeah. super hardcore back into it. Um, yeah. So what, what army are you playing now? So what was kind of got your yeah. attention? Yeah, 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 totally. So, um, you know, we all have like a little bit of hobby ADD, right? I mean, like we all jump around. Um, but I, I've always loved Gaunt's Ghost. And so because of Gaunt's Ghost, I've always loved Guard. That's like this big passion. I, I know Seth is over there like looking at me like, hell no, orcs forever. Um, I've, I've tried orcs. They're fun. I've, I've had a lot of fun with them. But the play style was just, that's a lot of models. Like that, even for a guard player, like that was a lot of models and just way over my, my skill set, my skill level. Um, right now it's Admech. I love the cavalry. Like I, I, I don't really care what the rules are for an army. I, I have to love the models. And then once I love the models, I'll, I'll find rules within that army to, to play or get me excited. So Admech, I actually never liked Admech at all. But those new cavalry models just got me hooked. So I went ahead and bought uh, like 12 boxes of the things and, you know, took out another mortgage. Uh, <laughs> don't tell my wife. And uh, <laughs> and that's become uh, my, my new passion project. Yeah, for sure. I have a similar thing here where like my wife is like pulling out like fully shrink wrap boxes and being like, when did you get this? And then I have like yeah. two issues of like the Conquest magazine over or the Imperium magazine over there too that I started <laughs> to get in. Um, but yeah. No, that's that's awesome. So, so how you said you, you weren't really great. How have you improved as a competitive player? Or is that something where you really worked on? 
Yeah, so I, I've really tried hard. I, I think that you know everyone has like their strategy to get better, and and one of them is also listening to a lot of podcasts, right? Getting good advice from from the content out there, um, but then also having a really good buddy that can be your, you know your sparring partner, somebody you can like hang out with once a week, you know, or or whenever you can, and just like toss around ideas. And then go test it out on the tabletop. And I have a good buddy that once a week we're throwing down, you know, models and just kind of seeing what works and what doesn't. And he's brutally honest. He's like, that's a terrible list kicker. Like, what are you doing? Like, that is way too many, you know, horsey models, way too many cavalry for your ad mech. Um, it looks cool, but, you're, you're, you know, you're getting your butt kicked. Um, so anyway, those, that's what I really find has been the most helpful for me is listening to all the podcasts out there, trying to get as much content info as I can. And then just practicing constantly with somebody I trust. I was going to say, like, I have a Danny for that role where, like, I think for, like, a, a solid year, he just kicked my ass, like, horrendously. Yeah. But every time, a little less, a little less. And then, like, I'll send him a list idea. And he'll be like, oh, okay, which means that's trash. And Danny's kind of polite verbiage. <laughs> but does Danny have, like, a bunch of lists that you get to jump around and test different things out? Or Oh, yeah. Danny yeah. has every thing? army. He has literally oh, okay. every <laughs> army. I mean, the only bad thing is right now he's really focused on one because he's trying to be good. And um, when he's trying to be good, that's bad for me. Yeah. But, like, overall, skill level gets better there. Um <laughs> Holy heck. Uh, so the next event you have coming up, right, is, I believe, Atlantic City Open? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is going to be our LVO equivalent. So we're going to have LVO in the winter in basically the West Coast in Vegas, and then we're going to have ACO in the summer uh, in uh, on the East Coast. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 – it's positioned to be just as big as LVO within the next few years. I mean, we have everything in place uh, on the back end in terms of the venue. We have the arrangements in place. This this hall is bigger than what we have in Los. Uh, it's about the same size as what we have at Rio now. So it's a massive hall. Um, uh, we, you know, we're able to offer pretty good room rates there so that people can fly in and, and stay at a beautiful hotel for a fair price. Um, and, uh, and, and that has the space not only for a lot of game systems to be in place, but also to do the full convention experience. So this year, because of... COVID, we didn't really go all out. I mean, we're very limited in the capacity of people we can have. Um, but by next year, we'll have the full-size convention that you'd expect at LVO, but now on the East Coast. Was it really popular? Did people actually, like, want to sign up for it? Oh, yeah, it's 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 comical. So uh, we sold out <laughs> within within the first five days, just totally sold out. And so we've since um, – I've been working nonstop with the managers of, of the Atlantic City uh, – Casino Resort, it's a Harris property, uh, nonstop to ask them, like begging them, like we have more people that want to come. What can you do to help me? So we were able to secure an additional floor. So our convention building is two floors and we have the, the first, the second floor and I was able to get space on the first floor for uh, us to, to release more tickets for 40K. So we're, as of right now, we're still about a month and a half out. We have well over 300 uh, 40K players alone and that's just 40K. We obviously have, a, you know, Age of Sigmar, which is a massive event as well. That's over about, about 100 right now. And and, um, of course, Kill Team and Legion and, and Lord of the Rings, surprisingly, is down to just a few tickets left. So so there's going to be a lot of stuff, not as much as LVO, which has about 100 game systems or 100 tournaments taking place. What? But, really? yeah, was, right. LVO Sorry. What? No, that yeah. doesn't sound real. I might need to see the math. Give me the yeah. spreadsheet. Reese and Frankie didn't tell me that when they brought me on board because I'm like, oh, LVO, it's like a big 40K tournament. No, no, it's, it's managing 100 different individual parts at that one event. Um, but yeah, so ACO is definitely geared to be that. So even that with COVID, my Pablo looked like he was going to have a heart attack in 2020. <laughs> yeah, that was a reason. Yeah. Oh, geez, yeah, <laughs> poor, poor guy. I am, uh, I am, I am slightly terrified. Um, but, uh, but, but, but I'm ready. I'm more, like, as, uh, I mean, LVO is I think nine months out. They've got me already working on that, planning that out. So we're prepared. But yeah, you know, Lane City Open is going to be basically LVO. So we have a summer and a winter event that are are just massive. 
Um, yeah, and like I said, this year alone, we've already, you know, I've had to beg for more space, and now we're already over 300 players. This is going to be, I think, the largest largest event since last LVO, I think, with over 300 yeah. players. Yeah, yeah, right? Jeez, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Seth, you're going to be there, right? That's the plan. I've I've got the, the leave in. I've got the air the flight. My uh, uh-huh. I got a friend picking me up from Philadelphia, um, driving me in. So so I'll, I'll be there. I guess Seth, like when you're going to a large event like this, right? Because you do a lot of RTTs, GTs around your yeah. local area. Because in real America, obviously a lot more events happening. Um, <laughs> real, real America. America. Real America. <laughs> that's, that's right. Like I'm super far north. Um, what what's your preparation look like for like a, a major level event that's different than an RTT and a GT? Um, I don't, you know, in terms of like, like playing games, I, I, you know, it'll be a weird one this year, depending on when the org codex releases, but I, I try not to like shift lists, you know, you want to get reps with the list. Um, you know, in terms of actually like, you know, travel preparation, like, you know, uh, trying to get everything to fit into a single carry on, like all your army, like I'll fuck up, you know, if I don't have clothes, I'll figure that out. <laughs> Like, you can buy clothes. Yeah, too, I'll, you, know, you know, put put the things I can't replace: my army, uh, my prescriptions, and my car keys and my ID. Like, put that in the carry-on. Everything else can go into the plane. Well, now your mech guns um, fit into like a small cubed area. You can fit like oh, yeah, twelve of those you, in one the, little box. Yeah, they collapse really great. Those nice <laughs> soft squishable mech guns. But, but like Seth, um, do you plan your your army around what is I guess travel friendly? Because that's something I'm realizing with the ad mech right now. Like that's a lot of tiny spiky bits and that take up a lot of space yeah um i've you know i I may have ordered custom foam before like knowing a trip's coming um i use i use kr foam um but you know whatever foam company you use like i you know i have a bunch of foam and i can carry my army but it's inefficient because i'll just have a bunch of dead space because of certain like cutouts in the foam but like if i know you know if i if i lock in my list before you know a month before we're gonna go to the event um, you know, if I don't have like the most efficient, I may, I may splurge and order some more foam. I mean, hell, you're already talking about a plane ticket and, you know, an event ticket and a hotel room. What's, what's 30 more dollars in foam? You know, well, honestly, right. I mean, you, you people come yeah. sometimes complain that, you know, the event tickets are a little pricey, but when you look at what you're doing, you're spending a whole weekend out, you know, hotel yeah. rooms, eating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Well, I mean, if you listen to to one, uh, Val Heffelfinger, if you're selling out, that means you're not charging enough. <laughs> So words of wisdom. And also <laughs> like the, the, the people who like are spend a grand on an army and like don't yeah, bat yeah. an eyelid on that. And then they're like 150 bucks for a case. No, I don't yeah, think yeah. so. Right? <laughs> to the shoebox with you. But yeah, I've seen so many of my friends do that. And I'm just like, you know, my armies are painted decently. They're not like going to win the painting events or anything like that. But I'm like, but I, you know, I don't. I don't like watching my models get broken. Like I don't like doing the like crap, glue it all together as soon as you get to the event. Like, you know, I want it to be, you know, looking good. You know, you travel that far, you don't want to show up and be like, half my crap's busted up, so uh, <laughs> I got these beer koozies. Yeah, no beer koozies are allowed at FLG events now, so just, just FYI. And so I will, we'll <laughs> say, I'm, I'm on the drinks. Yeah, they can okay, 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 yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Okay. It's Matt Guns on the drinks, cozies on the table. Um, <laughs> so we have ACO, yeah. LSO. Yeah, Lone Star Open, that's, that's the next one. LVO, LVTT. Um, do you guys like have like a whiteboard of all the different acronyms and there's like certain cities now you just can't go to because it doesn't fit the scheme. <laughs> yeah. So we're, uh, we're struggling here because our, our, our naming uh, system is, is quickly uh, falling apart. Um, 
we have the Lone Star Open, which can't be called the Dallas Open because there's already a Dallas Ooh. team. Yeah, Ooh. right? Ooh, so that's where Lone Star came from. Yeah, right? Like, oh, geez. So, so you know, I mean, obviously, as we grow, we're going to start showing up in cities where there might already be, you know, established events. So we, we, we might have to kind of pivot with our naming conventions. Um, but uh, right now, <laughs> we're going to try and end everything with an open and, and hope that we don't step on anyone's toes. So Lone Star Open. Uh, New Orleans Open really sucks because N-O-O, that just, just doesn't no. work so well. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, no. So I don't know. If you have any good ideas for how we should call or abbreviate the New Orleans Open, I'd, I'd love to hear them. Go, Seth. I right now. Idea. Oh, do you have one, John, or do you want no, me to I'm go? No, t- I'm telling you go. All of the ideas yeah. now. I think that you should name the events after prominent worst characters in 40K. <laughs> or, or Sato, the Cato Sicarius Open. Or, or Seth, <laughs> what about Mardi Wah? Oh, no? Okay, uh, I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. You'd have to do it in February, though. <laughs> no, well, it's, it's in it October. It's, it's, it's October. <laughs> the New Orleans Open, sadly, is already set to be in December, but uh, but I, I I would not mind renaming it to, to something other than no. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, but after <laughs> the Big Easy know. Open. Well, so yeah, we were thinking the Big Easy Open or the NOLA Open, but that's where you get complicated, right? right? Like, people that come to the frontline gaming events aren't just people, you know, in the U.S., right? Like, we got people from around the world flying into ACO, well, not this year, but to LVO, I mean, like, a, a, a lot of people flying from around the world. They are, we just can't acknowledge that they crossed international yeah, yeah. borders. <laughs> There's customs agents chasing them. Yeah, uh, so ACO yeah. eventually is designed to be to allow the European community to very easily come visit, you know, come to come visit our events, come join our events. I mean, you know, we're close to so many airports there on the East Coast. Um, but uh, but so when you think about a name, right, you can't call it the Big Easy Open because do people in like, you know, Czechoslovakia think of New Orleans and Big Easy as one and the same? Like we try to use the regular name of the city. Oh, have you not heard like Jim Vessel going off about Atlantic City not being Atlanta, Georgia? <laughs> uh, he was thing? looking. He was looking for flights to Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> I did hear a spicy rumor as well that Pablo spent a lot of time thinking that it was in Atlanta, Georgia, and not actually Atlantic City. I cannot confirm nor deny that. Uh, that is a shame, though. Uh, that, that 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 might be a problem, right? Like we're gonna have people trying to get all you know hyped up for something in Georgia yeah. and it's in the Northeast. I I, I can promise you, Atlanta is a wonderful city, but Atlantic City is a more fun location for a summer beach trip. <laughs> yes, considering the lack of uh, you know water <laughs> ocean, around yeah, Atlanta. Around Atlanta. <laughs> it is a landlocked city. <laughs> Those beautiful Atlanta Atlanta beaches. <laughs> So, so we have the Lone Star Open, and then after Lone Star Open, we have the Las Vegas Team Tournament, and we can say that we've, you know, people have been like bugging me nonstop, and I'm like, I'm, I'm grateful that everyone's so excited. But as soon as we have a confirmed plan, we're going to tell everyone, and everyone's asking, what is the format going to be? This is the first Frontline Gaming Team event. Like, are we going to follow ACO or the the giant, you know, World Team Champions? So it is going to be a five-person team event. We just put a poll on our community page trying to determine if how we want that team structure to be, like one codex you know, can be used per team or, or whatnot. Um, but that's a big deal for us because I think there's a need uh, uh, for more team events. People seem to really like them. I've never played a team event, um, so I really 
can't talk much about them, but it seems like everyone really wants to do that format. Uh, John, have you played a team event before? So no, I haven't. You know, but we we spent a few episodes ago. We were talking to uh, Innes. Innes is the the captain of Team Scotland uh, for the WTC. Yeah. Uh, he is big, big, big into team events. So he's kind of explaining the format. Uh, Seth, I know you are playing in a team event on yeah. TTS right now, and you're getting against Innes right now. Actually, well, oh wow, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's much better at pairings than you, I would imagine. Um, but like the, the, the format is super interesting and it's, it's actually really nice to see like a different format for a different kind of event, because I know like myself personally, like for the past five odd years, uh, it's been an ITC format that I've been playing uh, kind of pretty exclusively. Um, uh, and especially like my local meta as well is pretty much all ITC events. So the ability to kind of add that extra layer that the team events add, um is really appealing to me and also it's really appealing to me to be like okay we're going to throw you against this hard army you're probably not going to win mm-hmm. but it eats this guy so no one else has to deal with it um yeah that kind of extra level of tactics is, is something like super super cool um and, and so- there's a the whole camaraderie side you know you're not in this alone you're in this as part of a team you go with your yeah. team from from alaska down to las vegas i mean that's like you know it's, it's a team traveling a traveling team thing you know oh no we're murking out in alaska we're, we're not in teams right. together i'm i'm yeah. very low below danny in that pro totem <laughs> <laughs> yeah there, there's okay. some there's some behind the scenes dealing occurring right now oh really okay. uh yeah so we're, we're looking at bringing uh some some heat we, we've got a dark horse in, in the works right now oh, really? can't reveal it just yet <laughs> but no yeah team team events are a lot of fun and team events are um you know like you know if you go sake of argument kicker you roll up to you know you've got a weekend plan five round event you roll up in the first round you take you know a 90 to 10 loss like you just get completely you know shellacked you know that really takes the wind out of your sails you're like oh crap yeah, yeah. you know you know you know, whether you win loss, but you're just like, man, that's huge. But if you're in a team event, it's like, okay, you might have you might have lost, but the, the rest of the other team won, and your team advances. You're like, okay, I did my part. I took, yeah, you bit the I bullet. took the bad I took the bad thing out of the equation for everyone, and you know, you can move on. So it can make those matchups that just feel like, okay, this sucks. But you're like, no, I, I've still got something to play for. You know, you're not just like, well, yep, that went there went my record. I'm done for the weekend. Whatever, you know. Now I'm in drinking party mode. Yeah. Um, those are fun. I did. Um, we did like the last time there was ATC. We did that, and it was a lot of fun. Um, we, you know, and you know, it's it's fun talking about like, hey, what what are you what are you good against? What do you want to play up against yeah, this yeah, other yeah. team? Um, and then they do like I don't know if you guys are talking about it, but there's always like the varying density of terrain on the table. So like, yeah. if there's if there's five games occurring between two teams, there might be like one heavy table, three medium, and one light. And you're like, all right, well. Which is the one, you know, I'm, yeah, you're like, you know, you're, you kicker playing Admech up against Knights. You're like, okay, I want the heavy terrain table so I can hide all my little cavalry and stuff so the Knights yeah. can't shoot me, you know. Um, yeah, so there's there's all kinds of little things like that that make it fun. And someone always throws you a curveball and you're like, crap, all right, I'm on the light table. <laughs> I'm against the Tau gun line. Uh, how do I, I I've got to get five points out of this game. You know, it's a different, it's a different mindset. Well, we're going to test it out, right? We're going to see how yeah. uh, sales go. We're going to see how, what people think. I mean, right now, I know it's a five-man team set up for Las Vegas, the Las Vegas team tournament in September, and and we'll figure out, you know, the format. I think right now, Seth, you're talking about different uh, types of terrain layout. I think for right now, there'll only be one set for this year, just because that's we're trying to make it easy, keep it simple. Um, uh, I'm not sure though. I mean, we could totally uh, adjust on the fly. I do know that we're talking about making the New Orleans event possibly a team event. 
because that way we have two team events within our you know frontline gaming portfolio. Um, different times of the year, different parts portfolio. of the country. Portfolio. Yeah, portfolio, right? Yeah, it makes you sound so professional, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then after that, we have SoCal, of course. SoCal is one of the uh, one of the, the 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 beloved original frontline gaming events that uh, is insane. It's it's another one on the beach in a, in in this massive uh, county fairgrounds facility. Um, so we have unlimited space to grow that. And so I've been talking with Reese and Frankie, and like a look at the floor plan. Like we can literally do anything. We can have laser tag, right? Like why do we have some laser tag and forty k <laughs> around the forty k games? Oh, yeah, exactly, right. That'll go well. Because yeah, it's almost <laughs> as good as Falcon with his drone yeah. wanting to fly a drone around the tables of LVO. That was Val. That was Val. Oh, was that you know, Val? Yeah, that was Val. That was yeah, that was Val. Oh, I can just imagine like him hitting people in the face with the bottom of the drone. Oh, that's, that was my concern. I was like, what if everything dies? Like, where's that a battery just like crashes in the middle of like someone's like, you know, Dark Eldar versus Tyranid's game and just a bunch of bits fly everywhere. He better have some damn good liability insurance on that drone. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> That's for um, you to work out yeah, with the venue for his yeah. fun. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> and then after uh, SoCal, we have uh, the New Orleans Open in December, and then start it all back up again in uh, in January with LVO 2022. And LVO so 2022 is in a brand new building. Uh, yeah. Tell us about that move to the Rio, uh, yeah. a much okay. fancier sounding casino. Yeah, right. So um, a lot of people are like, why move? You've been, you know, we like Valleys. You've been there forever. Valleys is a great facility, um, but. I hate to say this, but Rio is like a whole nother level above that. I mean, first of all, let's just talk about the hall. The, the space itself is is nicer. It's just a nicer, newer space. It's bigger, like way bigger, so we can expand and grow and 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 accommodate. You know, I mean, more players for each event. Um, but here's what's really cool too: is the hotel. Every room is a suite, so you can go, you know, get a room for you and your teammates or your buddies that are flying down, and and you cram more people in one room. Uh, it, so it's just a nicer hotel, nicer resort, more space. Um, it is like. I don't know. It's just a, it's an upgrade overall. So there's, that's kind of why we chose it. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, so that, that the convention part I had mentioned earlier, we want to really grow that convention part. And so the Rio will really allow us to add more and more stuff, you know, grow the GW preview there, have more seminars with, you know, better celebrities coaching and or, or teaching painting classes. So, yeah. Oh man. If you I'm, could I'm have ask like a hard hitting question here. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. What is the fried chicken situation at the Rio? <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know about the fried chicken selection specifically, but it, is there other requests? Are you looking for like spicy hot chicken? What so are you looking for? There, there is a, a restaurant outside of the Bally's called Blue okay. Ribbon Chicken, um, which okay. several prominent members um, of this current thing very much enjoy. <laughs> as, as a pescatarian, I don't eat chicken. Um, so right. I, I sat in very I'm, sadly I'm, ate potato I'm, chips. Um, but yeah, that's very I'm doing popular. my part for Danny. Yeah, I'm doing my part for him. That's very generous of you, Seth. Uh, so um, I, I, I will look into that, and I will confirm that there is a quality fried chicken just for you, Seth. Uh, Perfect. For, for Danny. For but, Danny. but not for, for Danny. Danny. For Danny. I'm sorry, for Danny. For Danny. Yeah. For Danny. No, no chicken for Danny, just for Seth. It's going to be like one little plate in the check-in table. Um, that, that's all it's going to be. I'll just walk up and eat it in front of Danny. What's up, man? <laughs> So obviously, like you're coming into this job um, at a very sort of difficult time. We're like, hey, throw together these mega events during a global pandemic. Um, yeah. So, so like, what kind of things are you doing to help mitigate that? And kind of what things are are you doing with the the venues to make sure that we're we're throwing these very large events successfully and safely? Yeah, well, so the the, the first step is like, um, as you guys probably know, with frontline gaming events, normally we'd like to release tickets out more in advance. 
Um, but we, we have not done that for Atlantic City or, or the Lone Star Open. We really held on to the last minute to see what kind of capacity we, we could have. Atlantic City, we were really like hesitant. Like we need to have enough people. Like these venues are really expensive. So we need to make sure we have enough people to justify uh, having this met at all or, or else just crediting uh, it to the, another year or something because it's, uh, it's not cheap. So once we saw what New Jersey's um, – status was and that we could have uh you know enough people to you know we decided to go with it but so that's that's the first thing is it's just really taking our time and not rushing into it and say yeah we're going to do this and then have to try and refund everyone or back out of it um the other thing is like we part of our like system at frontline gaming is we want to make sure every single venue we have is massive i mean i'm not talking 10,000 square feet we're talking 50,000 square feet to 100,000 square feet like massive venues so even if we have a limited capacity we can have in there, um, our venues, even with the limited capacity and, and whatnot, we, we have a lot of space that we can um, have six to nine feet of space on all sides of the table. So social distancing is, is something we can definitely do, even if it's not required. Actually, a lot of like in, in Texas, it's not required to do that. Um, but we're still we have a lot of people coming in from outside of Texas. So we want to really, you know, err on the side of caution. So we're going to have an amazing amount of space all around all sides of the table. It's actually going to be a lot of fun going to a major event like this, right? A 300 person event and having elbow room like that will be kind of yeah. pleasant, you know, right? I mean, because LVO just had those like massively long rows. Yeah. You were like, I'm at the other end. I'll see you in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. Heaven forbid, right, that you have a deployment that's like on the ends, you know, where like, like uh, it's it, those long rows at LVO. I, I love them, but it also can make things kind of complicated. So, yeah, at least you have that awkward long walk when you see a yeah. friend, you're like, wait, and you're like, hey, John, I'll, and then we're just going to walk for five more minutes before I actually get to say, hey, how you been, man? There's a real power move that when you're center row at LVO and they ask what deployment zone you want, I'm like, I want the other side. And you make yeah. everyone pick up their stuff, walk oh, all the way you're around. that butt. You're that ass. <laughs> you can be able to do that. Oh, you know it. It's a mind game with him. Uh, <laughs> have you taken all their stuff out of their phone bag yet? If they oh, have, I wait for that. Over. Yeah, yeah, I wait for yeah. that. <laughs> Um, so, so at ACO and L, um, LSO, you'll have plenty of space, which is great. The other big thing is no food or, or in, in the halls, which is really hard for us because we like to have catering in the hall. Um, but as of right now for Atlantic City, uh, you're going to have to leave the convention center to go get food. We're on a resort with, I think, like 15 uh, – 12 different restaurants ranging from like high-end steak and sushi to just, you know, hot dogs and pizza. So you can find anything you want, but it's kind of weird because that you won't be able to eat inside the, uh, the gaming hall. But those are the big, big steps. At least no greasy chicken fingers on anyone's models yeah. or dice. Um, I, don't, exactly. I don't view that as a bad thing. Um, it's just more of Nurgle's rock, man. It's fair. Yeah. It benefits me greatly. Um, before we move on to some uh, questions we have from our Patreons here, Seth, do you want anything yeah, yeah. else you want to ask, add? Lord down on, Lord, Lord down on. Oh no! Yeah. What are you asking? Me? <laughs> um. I, so what's what's the grand scheme? What's the goal? Like, is is you know, are you trying to run an event like every month? Like, is this going to be you know, if if I'm if I'm honest, and this is kind of me riffing off of uh, uh the you know the pro uh you know esports talk like. If I'm going to draw a comparison, like this looks like you guys are trying to make your own league. (laughs) Okay. So I I can't go into details too much, but there's a lot of wonderful things in the works. You know, at Frontline Gaming, we have a a core group of of, uh, TOs and judges that are like very involved in the community across the the world that give us a lot of valuable uh, input. And uh, we do have a lot of uh, plans for 2022, which I'm hoping that Reese can 
publicly announced sooner than later. I'm still like I, I still am below the the totem pole there, so I can't say anything until he says so, something. Yeah. But but 2021 is just a warm up to 2022. Well, half the year has been lost, right? And yeah. we're getting our feet wet. Think about any new venues we have, right? So, like, when we have a new venue, it's not just, like, will people come? It's also, like, we got to learn the relationship with the the facility. I got to make sure the internet works there, you know? Like, if we're going to have, you know, 500, 600 people playing and using BCP, that Wi-Fi better work. And we've never tested any of these venues out. I mean, the Texas venue is a brand new building. Like, this is a brand new building. And I'm worried their internet might not survive, so we need to go test it out uh, with, with, you know, I think we're going to have, like, 600 people there uh, between yeah. all the events. And, and so so there's a lot of this year's yeah it's testing getting everything comfortable and um and also it's a new edition right like we're just now starting a new edition we want to see what works yeah, basically but i'm really after, excited for oh yeah totally totally so lbo 2022 um will be hopefully the official kickoff of some some exciting new stuff but but the big grand thing though is that we do want to have an event and we want to have we have eight events that are gonna be happening every year uh we're probably gonna expand that to 10 events um, Thanksgiving and uh, November is Thanksgiving and we eat turkey. So, you know, no time for, for 40 K yeah. that particular yeah. month. Uh, but yeah, yeah, as of right now, it's, it's going to be eight events, hopefully moving that up to 10 events within by the end of 2022, um, and allow people to really go to each event and have a different experience. So we don't want you to go to LVO and, and, and think that's what the event's going to be like at Atlantic city open. Each one will be distinct. Uh, we're trying to have a unique venue that you're playing at a, a city with character. We're trying to work with a local community of TOs so that you, you know, you're meeting different people, different judges that's really important to us um and 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 the big scheme is that each each event we do is not just a tournament but it's a convention attached to it as well so how do you do that how do you make each event unique right because at its core um we're talking about 40k tournaments age of sigmar tournaments um what are you doing to make say atlantic city different than lvo when those are the kind of the two flagship events there I've got well, it. Okay. They're going to yeah, ban Dark Elmore from, from Atlantic City. <laughs> Everyone does have a different codex. <laughs> figured it out, Seth. I'm Gosh. buying a plane ticket Quiet. now. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> So, so there's only so much, you know, I, I can go into details as we're rolling things out this first year. Yeah. Atlantic city open. It's a 40 K tournament. That's what it is. We don't have a con badge because we don't have a convention, but the idea is there'll be, um, things to do at each event that are unique to that event. Um, Something that's pretty cool is uh, the uh, the swag that we're, that hopefully will be getting announced sooner than later will be very unique to each event. But also, like think about it, You're, the experience you get outside of the gaming hall is totally different in Las Vegas than it's going to be in New Orleans, for example, or that it's going to be in uh, or, or or SoCal, like very different uh, cities. So the idea is you're not just playing 40k; you're going on a little vacation and enjoying a different city. Um, you, you know, New Orleans. I mean, it, it's 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 a far more intimate. Uh, hotel you're staying at but it's in the middle of the french quarter like literally you walk out your front door and you're on bourbon street so it's a very different experience it might be one for you to go with your buddies and go hang out for the weekend as opposed to uh our surprise event that will be in february that might be a lot more fun to go with your whole family so uh yeah um and it's no it's Bro, not disney I, I, I know i saw that i was like is it disney are we doing no, disney? No, i was gonna say like you know <laughs> new orleans no my wife already declared she's going to new orleans with me so it's when you have okay, your wife cool. and kids play and you coach from behind them and it's just a a whole bunch of like frustrated people at tables it's, it's going to be great <laughs> that would be the best event <laughs> but you know guys i want to touch on something that's really important is like yeah. like the events um frontline gaming 
like is it, it's 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 all people that love 40k it's all community members that work there i mean like you, you i know, hear reese uh, hates tau though mm, yes that is true but you know i mean we don't okay. want to make the tau players too angry uh but but yeah everyone there is awesome except for the few people that do like tau they usually just get left out of you know kicked out of the office every now and then but it's it's a wonderful group of people but at the end of the day we're, we're not like all rigid we want to make the best events possible so like that's where the frontline gaming community group kind of came to fruition that's that new facebook page we have where we like we really want to interact with the community and get ideas for like what to do at our event like you tell us so we can make that happen so like right now we're just talking about the las vegas teams there's a poll up there determining the the format we're going to use because yeah you know our community like the frontline gaming office we can try and come up with the best format but why do that when we can just ask everyone and, and get their opinion so that's kind of how we want to roll at every single event is is develop the events with with you guys in mind i mean like what do you guys want for swag apparently you want fried chicken we can make that happen so please don't put that in a bag of swag <laughs> or better yet make us make a, a separate tier of swag that includes the fried chicken the fried chicken level because yeah. i remember there was like there was like three tiers of swag for like lvo and there's like a chicken tier that's fine yeah, so we'll have the tier. high roller package and then we'll have the fried chicken package all right got it deal <laughs> What about and for John? It could be the fish and chips package. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Right. Sometimes go. I treat myself to some fish. Uh, you should do like <laughs> a pro am team tournament as I've just watched happy Gilmore. And I'm very happy yeah. with, with that combo right there. Um, <laughs> random pairings. Love it. Yeah. Um, perfect. Super good. Uh, so we do have some questions. Uh, there's a lot of All right, sweet. ridiculousness that we're going to skip past here. Uh, okay. It's a sum. But, uh, we have a follow-up from your stream on the Dangly Boys podcast and YouTube oh, channel okay. here. Uh, any word on that alcohol brand sponsorship slash partnership? Yeah, so uh, we wanted to, okay, so if we have any sort of sponsorship that usually involves some sort of exhibitor or booth setup, and with ACO, we unfortunately, we, we, don't, we don't only not have a con uh, convention there, we really won't have any vendors or exhibitors or promoters there because of capacity reasons. We don't want to not be able to allow players in so that we can allow, you know, a brand rep there or, or whatnot. That's really the only reason. So we do hope to have uh, those wonderful re- uh, that wonderful relationship in place, if not for Atlanta City 2022, maybe some of the other upcoming events. And if you know somebody in the alcoholic uh, beverage industry that would be interested in partnering with us, have them email me directly. Uh, you, you can find me on Facebook. Pretty easy. Uh, amazing. Um, sadly, I'm just a customer, uh, not a corporate yeah. customer there. Um, John's actually, I actually own a distillery. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can sell some moonshine. I'm cool with it. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, that's my family, but all right. <laughs> I'm going I'm to put this out to both of you because I'm not sure the person who wrote this did it soberly. Which army has tastes the best? Oh. Tyranids. Yeah. <laughs> it's shellfish. It's shellfish, man. <laughs> I, I love yeah. crab. Just saying. That's fair. Um, I, uh, yeah, that's hard to beat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who is the real princess <laughs> of frontline gaming? Oof. Oof. Pablo. Yeah, his hair, his, <laughs> his locks are just so pretty and gorgeous. So luscious. Yeah. So luscious. <laughs> I will say, you you say you've been employed by frontline since January, yet I don't see any kind of facial hair or kind of mustaches. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, right. Um, so let's 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 get deep and uh, personal here. I can't grow facial hair. I tried. It's embarrassing. I look like a caveman. Um, I'm just not allowed to do that. Apparently, I am cursed with the the face of a five year old. 
Um, it's just, it's, it's terrible. I, uh, it's all actually breakfast not, cereal. It's all the breakfast cereal. Yes. As Seth knows, I am a, uh, I am a sugary breakfast cereal uh, addict. Uh, that is my, uh, my, my, uh, kryptonite. I, I, it's, it's an embarrassing amount of sugary breakfast cereal I have in my house right yeah. now. My, my two year old's yeah. favorite right now is a uh, churros, which is apparently oh. just little churros yeah. that you cover in milk, but it's not really cereal. Oh. It's just miniature churros. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have to salute you as a father for allowing your child to en- enjoy such 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 pure pleasure in cereal format. That's there's nothing no better feeling than watching him run up the aisle in a store, grab a box, and hug it lovingly like you would <laughs> like a life partner. I can't take that away from him. Yeah, you're like I have damn kid. So so my kid's just learning to eat, and like we give him like the most generic off brand like regular Cheerios. Um, and I, I, I think it's, 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 I don't think I feel terrible because here I am sitting here eating like cocoa pebbles or some limited edition, like, you know, Twinkie buttercup <laughs> cereal or some nonsense. Limited edition? Like, oh yeah. There's limited edition cereals. Let's not, let's not go into it, but, uh, yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> Kicker's true passion, of course, uh, cereals. Uh, that, that, that is yeah. good to know off of this here. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you... so, so can we secure tickets to events by acquiring limited edition cereals that are in short supply? Say- yeah, and, and, and I will get you an LVO ticket. Uh, don't quote me on this because I, I got to get approval from the boss. But if you can find me one of the very rare only marshmallows box of Lucky Charms, they did them for like a limited season. Like it was one batch. I, I looked all over. I couldn't find them. They sold out of Walmart. I was I was like hunting them down. And I was not going to spend like four hundred dollars on eBay. John's going to buy a couple boxes of Lucky Charms, <laughs> pick all the mushrooms or the the marshmallows out, put them in one bag, reseal it, and be like there you go. I'd be like, judge's I, call doesn't go my way. I'm just going to shake this box of marshmallows. And be like, it's fine. It's fine. Here I am. <laughs> Uh, the, the last one I want to touch on, just because yeah. we're talking about awful jokes here, uh, we have, when is Reese going to create an invitational tournament event called the Reese's Cup? <laughs> um, that's going to happen. So now there's 11 frontline gaming events. <laughs> yeah, we just added another event like just now. That just happened. Um, so so there are talks about some special events for for uh, players of, uh, you know, and, and I think that we need to name it the Reese's Cup. I think that's going to have to be the official name for it. Um, uh, that's genius. Do we know who sent that in? Because they uh, should get, you know, oh, a free sure. invite to that. Oh, for sure. Uh, so it's uh, one of our patrons, Master Hands, uh, which we, oh, okay. we don't really need real names for people. because oh, Okay, we don't need real yeah. Well, thank you. I, I love well, that. I, I can, we got to work sure. Reese's Pieces in there somehow, too. <laughs> Everyone I, gets a free bag of Reese's Pieces. I can for sure afford <laughs> you the details for, for proper credit <laughs> on that one. Um, cool. Kicker, uh, we've kept you a while yeah. already. Uh, anything else you want to add before we uh, sign off? Um, uh, I, you know, I do want to say thank you so much for having me. Um, you, you know, si- um, uh, I, <laughs> I, sorry, I, 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 we were talking about cereal and I got way too excited because I'm like, what am I going to go home and eat now? <laughs> um, no, we, you know, uh, our events are growing. We've got a lot happening. I hope to have you guys, uh, both Seth, you know, you and of course, John at the events. Um, I, I hope to have there be a, a spot for all podcast people to kind of hang out, like have a headquarters, a media booth, something of that nature. That's something I really, really want to make sure we have at all the events. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I am really honored. I can't wait to see you guys. I'll see you in Atlantic City, Seth, and I'll see yeah. you, John, hopefully uh, in LVO. Yeah, for for sure, LVO. Maybe even sooner. Depends on on yeah. what I can get away with on, on our master plans yeah. <laughs> to dethrone Danny. I mean, um, 
Uh, and I gotta he say, won't listen to this. I gotta say, if you have like a podcaster's booth at your events, that's gonna just be the, the event hall um, after 2020. Yeah, right. <laughs> the way yeah, right. that it's going. Everyone's got a podcast. I can't. Yeah, that's I was gonna have to occupy that pot, that booth like 24 seven. Love you, tournament Jim. Of, <laughs> tournament of podcasters only. Then you, you have to you have to be a podcaster to come. So, so you're just saying a tournament? So the, yeah, the team yeah, tournament. or the, the LVO championship. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Seth, anything else you want to add in before we uh, we sign off here? Uh, I think that's it. You know, I'm, I'm just Kirkland Brand Danny for today. Um, but you guys, you know, you know where you can find me, uh, Dangly Boys, and on my YouTube channel, Seth the Mad Duck. Um, um, yeah, for all kinds of great orc content. Seth, when are you making some content for how to beat orcs? Um, that is of great interest to me personally. <laughs> yeah, I would like I, that. I uh, I've thought about that. Um, I'm kind of waiting till the Codex releases because I think. That'll be when there's more interest in that subject because I'm just, I'm trying to think of how videos age, you know, if I, so if I do that oh, and then trust me very poorly, very, very yes. poorly. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Non oil spray is still my favorite video. <laughs> I found the more effort I put into skits, the happier I am because I still get like comments, reactions and likes from like skits and dumb little videos I did years ago. Um, yeah. then my like, you know, seventh edition 40 K release review that we put like literally days of effort into doing. And now like three years later, it's just like in the trash pile of YouTube history, <laughs> the trash pile of YouTube history. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, that's the name of my channel too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, go, I'll go subscribe. Trademark. Trademark. Uh, but yeah, kicker. Thank you so much for coming on. I uh, can't wait to see what comes out of Atlantic city open uh, and all of the other events coming on in the future. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to be right back uh, with fake Seth. Do you like cookies, but want something more British Buy biscuits? Not like those you have for gravy, British biscuits for dunking in your British tea, stiff upper lip guaranteed biscuits as recommended by Queen Liz of the Britons. Hey, fake Seth. <laughs> I ended you can the, just call me fat Seth that's fine I ended the interview uh, with uh, Kicker and Seth joining in there by saying like okay well we'll see you later like because he was at he kept saying like oh for Danny's benefit I'm going to ask ask about this and I'm like okay we'll be right back with fake Seth <laughs> and he didn't get it and I thought it was a funny joke <laughs> it is what it is uh, man what a great episode though uh, next time we're going to definitely follow up on on how those listed we talked a big game oh yeah can we deliver can we deliver uh, probably not but pro- we're going to try we're really going to try I think yeah. you have a good chance at 3-0 um, uh, I have a good chance at 2-1 and one, I feel oh I, I, I totally believe that I think that you are I think yeah I think 2-1 and one is Eminently achievable. I think if you play it right, I think you can go three and zero. I think there. I think a lot of lists don't have enough firepower to deal with all the bodies that you put on the table, and they just can't deal with the amount of wounds you have. You know something I've noticed, like over time, no matter what army I try and pivot to, no matter what I try and change, I always hoard. Yeah, that's true. Like I started with the orcs, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try tyrannids. <laughs> cool, more hordes. Um. Oh man, I want to play this elite army. I'm going to play Death Guard. Right, oops. and then oops. <laughs> oh, I, Boxwalkers. Like, Hell yeah. I always nice. like uh, like pivot towards hordes and like just not like because not even nat- well, it's natural progression because like I'll play against you a bunch for the list, and as I change the list to get it better, mm-hmm. it's just more and more fucking bodies get added onto the pile. Um, I mean, let's look at your Eldar list, John. Oh yeah, my Eldar list, which was just. What's- Horde. <laughs> so was it 60 Dire Avengers and Ezerman? 
I was uh, I was thinking all the guardians, wasn't it? Oh well, yeah, my my friendly list for LVO a few years ago was yeah, it was like eighty events, <laughs> eighty guardians. Got I have a problem. Uh, it was uh, you have an archetype, John. It was uh, yeah. I just I'm comfortable. I I love board control. Yeah, I I totally understand that, and it's really easy when you have a lot of models. But I think like something I've learned in this past year is. You can't care when stuff dies. Oh, yeah. You really cannot get emotionally attached to things. Because if you do, you're going to start getting like really bummed out when like, oh, I removed this unit or mm-hmm. I removed this unit. The only reason you have so many units is because they're cheap and shitty. Like yep. I have 71 Poxwalkers in that list. No one's like running away from like a T4 to attack. No save model or like a six up save model. Um, no, no, they're not. No. It should die a lot. Um, the key is just really getting ahead before it dies. Yeah. No, and th- and that's the key, right? Is just concentrating on the mission and playing to the objectives. Yep. And if you do that, you too can travel for 15 hours to go two and one. <laughs> and an a, RTT. An RTT. And get bitten by a bunch of mosquitoes. Get, Don't forget your bug dope, dude. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm going to have to. Uh, dude, I just want to place. I want to be higher than uh, world-ranked players. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. JC Quinnell is on the way. Okay. <laughs> is this a Hexfleet Quinnell moment here? Like that you're? <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I'm not catching that guy this season. Um, but no. Oh yeah, let's 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 chat about that. Oh, what's that? Uh, cheating. Oh, cheating yeah. in 40k, dude. We didn't even touch on cheating, or we didn't touch we didn't touch on. Uh, well, I guess we talked about your cry last time, didn't we? Maybe. Yeah, we yeah. talked. They're really good. Yeah, they're. Really um, good. I stand by what I said, and I, I think I don't know what you said in chapter tactics. I, I didn't listen to that one yet. Well, Danny was on chapter tactics, by the way. I was again. Um, each codex release forces an entire meta change. No codex is so yeah. Drukari is like super powered and is really good. But all it's doing is forcing every army before it to change its army build. Sure. And, and what I think we're seeing with stuff coming up, like when Space Marines and Necrons came out, when Death Guard came out, that adjusted how those two armies had to play. Right. They're like, oh, shit, my multi-damage weapons are not as good. Anymore. Right. We have to adjust for Death Guard. Yep. And then when Drew Carey came out, Death Guard, Space Marines, Necrons have to adjust for the play style of Drew Carey. So it's just kind of like a meta-wide reset every couple of months right now. So, and like, here's the point that I kind of made. So if you don't want to listen to Chapter Texas, although you should. Because you should. It's a, it's, a, it's a decent episode. So Also, he gets asked all more the more people listen. It's true. <laughs> um, so when you, so I think this meta shift is like really unique in that Death Guard came out before Drukari. And I think the perfect counter to Death Guard is exactly the wrong counter to Drukari. Mm-hmm. So like Death Guard are like, oh, you're your medium strength multi-damage weapons with a high volume of shots yeah. are garbage against me. Like they're they're not they're not good. Sure. Right? Like inceptors were bad, auto cannons became bad, heavy bolters were a lot less good. I still remember playing against Nate with all of his inceptors and he was like, I'm shooting all this plasma. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Don't overcharge. Um and then so so that stuff came out and uh like people adjusted their list and people are adjusted for a high armor save, mm-hmm. low model count, very tough army meta, right? Like that right. is the meta. 
Whereas Drukari come out and they're like, okay, well, we don't give a shit about that game. If you don't have a high volume of firepower to take out these Raiders and then the squads they're in, like, mm-hmm. you're going to lose because my squads are just going to touch you and kill you because they're they're fragile. They're extremely fragile. Like, they die if a stiff, like, when they get hit by a stiff breeze. But, man, do they punch above their weight. Yeah. So, like, you just, you have to be able, you have to hit them harder you have to hit them just as hard as they hit you, and they're going to crumble. They're going to crumble first. So, yeah, are things probably a little undercosted, and are there some broken shit? Is there some broken shit that needs to get fixed? Sure, that's probably the case with every army. There's two or three things and, in there, I think, that are broken, like yeah, yeah. your 42 attack succubi or, or like, Jake, and there are a couple other things. But the, the army as a yeah. whole, I don't think, is overcosted. Yeah, or undercosted. Or undercosted, yeah. yeah. I think probably some units are probably a little undercosted, but not a lot. Standard like, by Codex release, well, though. But every every army has units that are that are undercosted, and that makes them good. Like, so it's okay for people to have good things. Um, and there's a reason they have thirteen death drought consistently, <laughs> right? So we'll see if like they increase the points on raiders or something like that. But that's not that's not going to happen for a long time. I no. think. Uh, one of the reasons I'm bringing the list I'm, ling- I'm bringing to the to Invitational is just because I'm fairly certain there won't be Drakari there. Well, I think your list works really good against Drakari, to be honest. Or just a lot of chaff. They- well, like, if they come in with a unit of witches, yeah. right, you just murder them. If they come in with a unit of, uh, of like, Incubi on the Terminators that you just murder the witches with, mm-hmm. like, they might kill the Terminators, but probably not. Like your Terminators, it's going to take three hits, usually two or three hits with each with with or two or three wounds that get through your saves to actually take down the Terminator, which is hard. Yeah. So That's I, fair. I mean, and then you can make them strike last. You can make them not count as charging. Like you have a bunch of different options too to make sure that they are they they. I mean, they can get fucked. Like, like you won't be able to kill the Raiders super fast, mm-hmm. but I think you kill the infantry. Anything that they throw at you, I think you just murder. I'm gonna try. Yeah. Damn, I'm going to try. I know. Uh, cheaters in 40K. Oh, man. Hey, so I'm going to straight up say it. Like, it sucks that TJ Lanigan got caught. Like, and I'll say his name. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Um, no one Gordon, I'm sorry. Anyway, it does, so sorry. Fine. It does not suck that he got caught. No. It sucks that um, somebody who has generally had a pretty good reputation in the community, like, as far as I knew, mm-hmm. like, was not on the up and up. And... The fact that there are players out there that are continuing to be like these big name players that potentially are cheaters, like I mean, it makes me want to treat anybody who I whose name I know like as like pretty suspect, and that sucks. I think the rise of 40k recently, um, and then the rise of that kind of subliving like community around it. So like your your coaching services like your art of war your your favorite of chaos which was uh, tj's coaching service a few other ones Mm -hmm. it creates such a magnifying glass to what you're doing oh absolutely so i think there needs to be like a level of awareness like art of war has done a really good job of realizing the lens that they're under and like they might make fun of the fact that Nanavati puts out this like fucking giant press release, anything happens, like anytime everything happens, but they have to do that because of the lens that they're under. Well, yeah, and like okay, and like general, like generally speaking, those guys aren't like cheats. Like right. they're well known players. Like they're not. Anyway, 
um, they wouldn't get they wouldn't keep getting invited to stuff or wouldn't be held in that in that like in that level of respect if they if they if they continue to be there. And all of those guys are under a super high micro like a super yeah. high powered microscope. Well, I mean, they cut in front of other people to get to where they needed to go. <laughs> Okay, so as other than cheating at lines, <laughs> I will say, um, <laughs> okay, I laugh my ass off at this spiky bits. Oh my god, talk about the worst platform to post your fucking apology on! Like, what a stupid fucking. Th- oh my. So my favorite thing about it is spiky bits reached out to TJ and said, "We're going to give you an unbiased platform to share your story and say whatever you want." And I'm thinking, man, that's pretty cool of them. Then I sure. scroll I scroll back up. Latest 40K cheater speaks. <laughs> and I'm like, your headline never changed. Like he does not make it seem unbiased um, <laughs> yeah. at all. Um, that apology, though, which should not be read, not because of what TJ did, but because it's hosted by Spiky Bits, mm-hmm. um, was really sort of like the groundwork for what an apology should be. Or yeah. kind of how to react to the situation. Well, and he owned up to everything, didn't deny anything. He knows what he did, and he didn't try and make it out to be anybody's fault other than his own. Yep. So, so I will say I think this will be not swept under the rug. It'll be brought up like shitty back, uh, background Facebook groups. We'll bring it up in like in jokes and things like that forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think this bars TJ from Com Forty K for for life um, based no, on just, the humility of his response. Yeah, for sure. I just think he's going to have to roll on a dice tray for the rest of his career. Yeah, like people are gonna you're like you're gonna have to you're gonna have to show people your dice rolls for forever, and that's fine. In fact, that's part of the code of conduct. Everybody should be doing that all the time. Yeah. And if you're hiding, if you're rolling your dice in a, in a weird place, and your opponent says they can't see them, pre-roll the dice. It doesn't matter what you rolled; like it's that it doesn't count. Yeah, like your opponent needs to verify your dice roll. So, Danny, for LVO twenty twenty two, can we send you down with a custom dice tray, which is just uh, just a TG Lanigan uh, rolling tray? <laughs> That you can just present as, to him just in case you you end up being paired. You think he's going to be at LVO? Possibly, year? he's going to take four months off. He said. Well, yeah, but like he's not. He can't get any points from LVO. I wouldn't go if I couldn't get any points. Man, fake internet points are all it's about. Um, <laughs> maybe I guess I don't know. Like, I, first of all, if I if I got zero points, I would feel bad for cucking somebody out of their points. Oh yeah, and I'm sure he does. Well, hopefully he does. I mean, look. I, I want him to come like I want him to come back with like uh with caveats of course that like you know I I do feel like there's some contrition there. I do feel like he's he's he, I th- I think he will work hard to get to a better place. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Hannibal Lecter style mask at the table. <laughs> he's going to get wheeled up. He's going like to be wheeled standing. up by yeah. kicker. <laughs> Dropped at the table. Pablo's got like <laughs> gives it like takes off the spit guard like off his face yeah. like <laughs> like what a wonderful dice roller the like, tj that's a fucking ruin you know <laughs> um but yeah one of the few oh, instances man. of someone Is being this a dice tower <laughs> <laughs> it's that meme with the butterfly yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, one of the few instances of someone being caught being a shit lord and admitting to being a shit lord, and hey, not trying to make an excuse. That's pretty big of him. It's pretty big, yeah, because uh, it almost ruined his coaching service, um, which I is mean, still a thing. Oh, really? Does he still have patreons? Oh, oh yeah, really? Oh yeah. Uh, so current standings. Let me see here. Okay. Let me do my live research. This makes for great radio, dude. It really does. 
It's it's a wonder why no one else has picked us up uh, based on this. And there's a lot of stuffed animals in here. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's cool. Every time I fuck up, I buy my wife a stuffed animal. Oh, nice! Wow. Okay, that this, this all makes sense now. <laughs> so, is there an entire room upstairs full of stuffed animals? Oh, Are yeah, you using them for that, insulation. That's why I don't have house? like a, a gaming room. Is because I have to have a fuck up room. <laughs> Wait, is it called Favorite of Chaos? No, it wasn't Favorite of Chaos. Chosen of Chaos? Chosen of Chaos. Favorite of Chaos, by the way, apparently a podcast. Did we play this? No, we didn't play this. Uh, it may have been. <laughs> uh, those, guys, so, those guys gave us a shot, so they're cool in my book, I guess. They, they sure did. Um, they asked why the Orc podcast uh, got the Chaos review, and it's like, it's not an Orc podcast. Um, man, what great radio. Anyway, I'm sure he has Patreons uh, still. There was a last count. Um, but yeah, like I said, uh, good response to it. Take your legs, come back. That's right. Roll your dice in the goddamn tray. Uh, Danny, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we run away forever? The only thing I want to mention. Hell the yeah. The only thing on my mind right now. Yes. Is our fellow, is our fellow members of the Rogue Trader Network. My God. Is this now three episodes in a row where it's we've like remembered f- to mention them? Fucking five, dude. Hell I've been, yeah. I've been, I've been killing it every episode. Killing it. So, newest member, whether he likes it or not, Seth the Mad Dog's YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, some great Orc Tactica. He's he's building through uh, Gargantuan Squiggith, which is like one of my favorite models. It's pretty cool. Um, he released a video as well showing kind of how Orcs can deal with uh, Drakari. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can see, when we were talking to Kicker, I did ask him to start like, releasing videos of how the fuck to beat Orcs. Yeah. Um, that would be super cool if he could do that, but he was unsure of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking media bias right there. Media bias right, right there. there. Like, yeah, yeah, a little mushroom wing bias. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Um, and Ziv, and Z40 Shabal. Well, what about Dangly Boys? Well, Dangly Boys are right on. Yeah, Dangly Boys. So they Boys. just released an episode um, that, I, that I have listened to. Oh, wow. I know. I'm actually, I think I'm almost all cut up. I need to listen to the NZ40 Shabal uh, episode next. Yeah. Um, but uh, I listened to High Lords. I listened to Dangly Boys. Uh, Dangly Boys this week or this time had, uh, they talked about obviously the cheating scandal. They talked about Drakari. Yeah. Um, How'd Bjorn take that? Uh, I mean, he wanted to like, actually Bjorn was pretty, was pretty level-headed. He did. I think he did a good job. He actually, he made a lot of points and I agreed with him on several things, which was cool. Um, good for him. Yeah, um, I mean, yo, Bjorn's a nice guy. And oh, then, I didn't say no. He has amazing shorts. Dude, he really does, and yeah. he's tall as shit, dude. So tall. Like, and Danny and I are both really tall. Yeah, people. we're 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 pretty fucking tall. Like seriously, <laughs> um, so surprising. Anyway, um, uh, so man, dude, the uh, the South has got uh some. They man, they really hate Drakari. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. This, uh, by the South, you're meaning the competitive gaming world. Well, outside yeah, of Drakari well, forums. All right, all right, fair enough. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm. <laughs> maybe I'm. Maybe I'm the fucking idiot. But that's probably true. Um, and then uh, uh, also uh, <laughs> talking about talking about soapboxes. Uh, the pulpit of like the the High Lords have this segment called uh, the Pulpit of Discontent, I believe. Oh, and uh, <laughs> I love that title. <laughs> Uh, where, and they all took turns this episode, as well as having a special guest on to take a turn of Mitch Mellon. So check that out. Oh that man, love good. Mitch. Yeah, well, oh, I, lo- I love, I love, I love every member of the Rogue Trader Network and Mitch Mellon. Yes. And then, uh, yeah, forty K, forty Shabal. They released a special. Uh, there's large events happening in New Zealand land. Yeah, and that, well, and uh, one of the hosts uh, was uh, was absent for a while, and it turns out that 
like Seth was saying on Daily Boys, that somebody needed to do a welfare check on him because uh, Hayden was having like some issues that he had to go to the hospital for a bunch. So yeah, yeah, but I think he's doing good now, which is good. Yeah, he'll do even better when you listen to the latest episode of Ben's at Forty Chabelle. I can't wait to see how he did. He won a best sportsmanship trophy somehow because he's a fucking dick. So I don't know how he won that <laughs> yeah, shit. Like all my conversations, not good. <laughs> not good. Uh, yeah, lots of great content and more. I know. Um, well, not really more. That That's it. Uh, I mean, but that's a lot of content. It is a lot. A that's lot of a like-minded literal individuals. Literal hours. Hey, uh, Tempe. Hi, Lord Tempe. Michael Tempe. Yeah. He has spent the last three years of his life perfecting uh, Outward Realms. Dude, what a cool game. A really great game system designed for like real fast-paced games, alternating mm-hmm. activations, some just gorgeously designed models. It's designed to be played in two hours, and it's kind of a skirmish level game in between War Machine and... Uh, uh, and Warhammer 40k, like a full 2,000 point game. Yeah. So all of the rules are available for free. Outwardrealms.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, check them out. The Kickstarter is going to be going live soon. We're going to be getting him on uh, closer to the launch. Yep. Uh, so we can kind of go through the game and kind of share the excitement about it. Uh, he had all of the picture armies uh, like professionally painted by the dude who uh, paints all the Infinity miniatures. I, dude, yeah. Which that guy is it, so talented. Dude, Holy shit. It looks so sick. Like, and oh man, like, okay, so I, I normally human armies are super boring for me and I never want to play them. Yeah, fuck but, humans. But the, but the robot mechs that they have in this game are so cool. Like, those are cool. There's an insect race that's really cool. There's like a. Like an annihilator race from Mass Effect. I forgot what were those guys called in Mass Effect. Do you remember? Remember the guys? Oh, I never play good games. Oh, okay, sorry. Well, so in <laughs> so in Cyberpunk, John. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, it's street, the it's street gang. Yeah, perfect. You nailed it. Animals. Yeah, you did it. Nice job. Nice job. And then they also have some some cool killer frog people, which are pretty dope. Yeah, there's uh, like a lot of cool things. And he's been saying like all the stuff he has planned for the future. So we're really excited to see that coming along. Outwardrealms.com for background articles by the armies, for for images of the armies, uh, and then for um, all of your rules and information all published for free. Uh, so you can take your stuffed animals, you buy your wife to apologize uh, and have practice games of Outward Realms before the Kickstarter launches uh, later on next month. Uh, what else we got? Um, I think that's it for me. Amazing. Then, yeah, I have nothing. Uh, I said everything about you I needed to say when you weren't oh, yeah. here. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Uh, perfect. So, yeah, we'll probably be back with some more Taylor and legal documents next time. So, for Marvels, I've been John. I've been Danny. And we'll see you around. <laughs>